Welcome to the Monday Overreaction, quote unquote, edition of Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with me, Kenny McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny Oscar McGee on the IG. You can watch the show, Second City Sports, along with our other uh, six live shows on Sports Zone Chicago by downloading that Sports Zone Chicago app. You can go to that Apple iTunes store or Google Play store, wherever you download your apps. Make sure it says Sports Zone Chicago. You can follow Sports Zone Chicago also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, that's Sports Zone Chicago, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to listen to the audio, version of this podcast you can do so on all podcasts just simply by searching find that search engine box w-a-r-r on anchor that's war anchor if you want to follow uh or media you can do so on all social media platforms that's facebook twitter instagram and youtube at war media once again at w-a-r-r media that's facebook twitter instagram and youtube remember Sega City sports airs live every monday and every friday from noon to 2 p.m Central Standard Time. That's 10 a.m. to noon in the West. That's 11 p.m. to 11. Ooh, that's 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in the East. And, and wherever time so you live, live in, live in, figure out yourself. <laughs> so there's no excuse why you can catch us live right here on Sports on Chicago. Thank you very much, Innovators, for your support. McKenna, you're muted. Yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties. You know, Sid, uh, Sid, oh. Sid's bringing in a new, uh, yeah, Sid's bringing a new, bringing a new, a new device. <laughs> he just got a new device that he's doing this from, so he's kind of you know giving a chance to break in. So for those of you who are wondering about the technical difficulties, we're still you know working. He's still working the kinks on that. So you know, hopefully, yeah, you know, as it gets as we get going here, we'll get it'll get better at it. But you know, let's get right to it and talk some football. Every Monday at noon will be our football power hour. We'll recap the Bears game and the rest of the, mm-hmm. of the games in the NFL. Of course, last night the Bears, uh, well, I mean, you can look at it however you want. I mean, they they kind of, you know, the Rams pulled away from the Bears. And, you know, you kind of figured that maybe that would happen eventually. They, they you know, give the Bears credit. They did hang on for as long as they could and, you know, and I think it, it wasn't as bad as you thought. I mean, they didn't really – the Rams didn't really dominate, but you know, the Bears kind of showed their shortcomings, if you will. Um, the defense, you know well, – okay, we'll start and, – and Dalton and Dalton actually played pretty well. He had 206 – he passed for 226 – 206, rather, I should say, an interception. You know, and Justin Fields came off for some you know, offensive packages. He actually scored the, the rushing touchdown. And David Montgomery had 108 yards rushing and had a touchdown. And also to Matthew Stafford, and, and you know, on the other side had three touchdown passes and go for 321 yards. Daryl Henderson had you know, seven, ran for 70 yards, but it was actually the Bears defense that kind of just they were just you know just terrible. I mean, Rookwell Swift had a team high 11 uh, sacks. I mean, 11 uh, tackles, but uh, unfortunately, you know, they gave us some big plays late. So, Sid, what did you think about the Bears? Bears, you know, the Bears' overall performance last night. I'm going to try to make this quick on my opening monologue. When you anticipate something, you know that something is going to happen. You kind of want to go uh, uh, hope against hope, 
But what I saw last night, I wasn't surprised. At my other 9 to 5 gig, when I come home tired, I don't feel like doing anything else. I just want to sit back, unwind, relax, and reflect and recoup myself. Last night, <laughs> uh, here's the thing before I get to last night. Of course, I was disappointed, but I don't have the energy to yell and scream like I used to. At least not from <laughs> watching what I saw last night. We could ramble about Matt Nagy, which we will at some point, I'm sure. We could talk about Ryan Pace, which is I'm not going to because it's not going to make a big damn difference. We told you guys in the offseason he's <laughs> going to be here past this season. Thanks to two words, Justin Fields. Ryan Pace is out of this conversation, out of my mouth as far as I'm concerned. But, Lakina, I know your mother was a school, a former school teacher, correct? Yes, sir. And I know she had to have this problem, unfortunately, throughout her teacher career of the class. Uh, is assuming that the class was paying attention, but she had to repeat herself three or four or five times. You know me. I had to re-ingurgitate certain things and repeat myself. <laughs> but what we were what what were we were saying last year, Lakina? And this team we tried to convince us that they were good <laughs> when they went five and one. As we told you last year, objects are closer than they appear. I repeat that momo again, as the kids would say. Objects <laughs> are closer than they appear. And if you listen to our show back on Friday, both of us told you that this team was not going to make the playoffs. Right. Now, what we saw last night, I wasn't surprised. And as I told you, the Bears' fortunes will turn when Justin Fields uh, is given the reins to take this thing over in its entirety. Now, last night, Andy Dalton didn't do anything special. Justin Fields made things exciting. He only had five snaps, and congrats to him on his first touchdown run of his career. One of perhaps, hopefully, many of majority injury-free. But a couple of things I observed. Andy Dalton didn't do anything special. He didn't scare anybody. That defense, on the flip side, congrats to Akeem Hicks for getting that sack. Uh, or in the first half there. But the rest of the defense, as we told you on Friday, especially in the secondary department, it was not good. It was trash. I'm surprised Matt Stafford didn't throw for 500 yards the way the defense played <laughs> last night. And I know some people want to, to say that Eddie Goldman would have made a difference. The Rams really didn't run the ball that much, not until the game no, was out is. of hand. No, Eddie Goldman, really, even, really though <laughs> even though yeah, Even though Eddie Goldman would have helped well, he really helped last night? No. Now, Matt Nagy, the play calling. <laughs> you can question a couple things about the play calling. I'm not going to do it here. The, the thing that just summed it up for me last night was Bears being Bears. If you want to find out what I mean by that, just look at the first drive of the game. I'm out. <laughs> Well, you thought. Well, here's the thing, though. You thought that maybe when Khalil Herbert actually ran, you know, took the um the, the opening kickoff into like mm -hmm. what the I took it in Rams territory, like mm -hmm. in the 45, and you know they really couldn't do anything too much with it. And, and look, I've always said it before: know your personnel. It's the same. Mm -hmm. It's the same story last year. You can you can say the coaching and everything. And I was doing something with our buddy Kyle Means and and the you know, Ryan Bukovetsky and. And our, our one of our buddies gave you know for a little pre you know pregame thing uh before the game last night and 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 I said this you know Ryan tried to kind of be sort of like you know 
you know, they, you know, try to be like, you know, positive and say, look at the bears might actually surprise us. I told him, I said, look, you know, know your personnel. The bears do not have the personnel. You can change the coaching. You can change all mm -hmm. this other stuff. But if your personnel is horrible, then, you know, the, the, it really, the coaching really, in this case, doesn't matter. Now, Look, Eddie Jackson, you know, yeah, he changed numbers. Of course, they changed the rule where the, the players can kind of wear whatever numbers they want. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that that big, that huge, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if someone just missed their assignment. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I mean, look, Robert Woods, you know, Cooper Cup, you know, had big touchdown, um, touchdown receptions. And I, I just kind of feel like you know the secondary. We look once once Kyle Fuller once they let Kyle Fuller go, the secondary was going to be a big problem for the Bears, and you know we saw it. <laughs> so and unfortunately, I think Eddie Jackson, whether it's injuries or whatever, but you know the secondary, you know Kendall Vinder. I mean, is that going to be the guy that you're going to depend on to kind of sort of be the you know Kyle Fuller's replacement? No. And unfortunately, if you're looking at, you know, maybe is anybody in that secondary? I mean, Jalen Johnson showed some promise, you know, last year before he got hurt, but we didn't hear for her too much last night. So I, I think for me, you know, this this Bears, um, yeah, this Bears offense is just it is just it's just crazy. So I I don't know, you know, I don't know what else to to say about this this team, but I, I just think that it's going to be a long season. We, well, we're folks, we get 17 of these, yay! So. <laughs> Yay! As we told you guys also on Friday as well, the first two weeks of the NFL season is overreaction week. I'm not going to overreact to the Bears. Was I disappointed in what I saw last night? Last night, yes, but I kind of expected it. The only thing that would have been happy for me is that they would if they would have won the damn game. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen, and I picked them to cover the spread. You now you know why I'm not a professional point spread uh, player. <laughs> But that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother time. But but taking a look at what the Bears put out there last night, they were actually in it for a while. But number 23, Christian, uh, not Kyle Fuller, not Devin Hester, not Jerry Azuma. Uh, on those two long touchdown passes to Cooper Cup, who we told you on Friday to look out for, Cooper Cup had over seven uh, receptions, over 108 yards last night, two scores. Both of them, Christian was out of place, and Eddie Jackson, especially on, I believe it was the first touchdown yep. of the game, uh, uh, it was number 12. I forgot who number yeah. 12 was. Him and, I believe, Christian had a chance to at least tag him, and that didn't happen. And I said to myself, this is fundamentally sound football. It's all mental. You don't know the rules of the game. You thought that his knee touched the ground. No, just to be on the safe side touch him and the Rams would have still would have would have had to uh punch it in for the score but no it's all mental you you had a, a blunder which was inexcusable and then Eddie Jackson again um on in a, on another touchdown drive I believe it was the second Cooper Cup touchdown um misread assignment blown coverage and missed tackles again uh, this has been an issue for a long time Lakina uh, missed tackles for the Bears blown coverages and uh, defensive coordinator Sean Desai I'm not going to blame everything on him, but it, there's enough blame to go around. And uh, you saw what the Bears were last night. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that things are going to turn around and they're going to make a playoff run. But also, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that 
this team's gonna go to pits and go one and sixteen. That's not happening either. This is what happens when you're in mediocrity if you don't have when you don't have a clear goal. I'm sorry to go off on the tangent of a bit. I said I wasn't gonna do this, but uh the Bears are who they thought we thought they are, thought they were, and still are at best a mediocre team, but at worst, what you saw last night. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think Look, I think the, the Bears are lucky that they didn't get blown out of the water. I mean, by the second half, you know, I think the Rams kind of kicked it into gear and such, you know, Stafford got more comfortable and, you know, was able to kind of get those, actually benefited from those uh, lack of secondary. But uh, I think the, the good news is, I guess the, you know, the, excuse me, the, uh, the old line only gave her three sacks. Yay! I, I mean, you thought it was going to be a sack fest. I mean, you, I, you could tell that Donald was getting, Aaron Donald was getting like mm-hmm. angrier and angrier, but look, Justin Hollins actually, you know, kind of helped that get that mm-hmm. first sack and kind of got, you know, things going. And by that time, the, you know, the, the, the game had already been over with. But look, I don't want to go into a long thing here now. Uh, you know, Armando, you know, our buddy Armando, what's up, Armando, said that uh, Nagy's hey. the main problem. That is the main problem with this team, you know. Of course, guys, you know, feel free to comment on your know, Facebook and YouTube. You know, of course, keep them clean. You'll know, keep it G-rated because we're not gonna, you know, we'll we'll kick you out if you're if you're not if you're not very nice. But we'll, uh, we'll I, give you the boot. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, but yeah, I don't think. Look, like like I just said a couple of minutes ago, you could change the coaching, but if you don't have the players, I mean, you know, you can forget it. And look, the old line actually didn't do too badly. I mean, of course, they lost. Mm-hmm. Peters allows Borum to injuries. Um, you know, you, you forget how 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 massive Jason Peters is. Like, good grief. But <laughs> but uh, but but look, I mean, you know, but once you know those guys left, I mean, then you can kind of start seeing the cracks in that O line, like you know, people were for, you know were saying. So I, I think for me, I think like the Bears, the game kind of went with, with like what like like I expected. I, look, I didn't think that the Bears were going to keep it close. They, I'll give them credit for doing that. I mean, I don't. You're already hearing from sports radio if you listen to you. Know, the score in ESPN 1000 that folks are saying, well, you know, Dalton wasn't that bad. I mean, yeah, sure he was. I mean, he had a couple of, you know, early turnovers and, you know, an interception, you know, had a fumble too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You know, he, he got, you know, he ran for like 12 yards when the bears needed like seven, you know, <laughs> he's not a runner. He's never been a runner. He'll, he'll tell you that. But, you know, I, I, Look, like I said, we'll talk more about the Cincy game on Friday, but that Cincy game is not a gimme. We'll get to the rest of the NFL after the break. But I look, my prediction for the Bears this season, it looks like I'm really pretty confident in my my win total. I said nine or eight or eight or nine. I think they're gonna. That's what they're gonna do. They may they may do maybe a worse five or six win only five or six games. But again, I think I haven't seen anything. And uh, Armando also said that the Dalton's pass chart was short passes. His longest pass was 16 yards, and that is Nagy's play calling. Well, you know, he had a couple mm-hmm. of flea flickers, you know, with when Fields was out there. And, you know, you don't you don't need to do that. You, you got you got a guy that can run <laughs> in field. So I don't know why you why you're doing why are you doing jet sweeps for him? I, I don't get it, but you know, it is what it is. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid and Lakina here with you on our Monday edition. This is our fall power hour. We're reviewing the Bears. Opening day loss to the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium last night on Sunday Night Football, 34-14. Taking a look at the numbers here for the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton, 27-38 for 206 yards and an interception on the opening drive. Rushing yards, David Montgomery, who was the only guy who showed up offensively for the Bears last night. He was uh, he was uh, for 66 carries. He had 100, 108 yards and a touchdown, his longest run 
was for 40, no, 41-yard runner early in the game. Damian Williams, the, uh, the free agent acquisition from Kansas City, six carries for 12 yards. Receiving rise, Marquise Goodwin, four catches, 45 yards. Cole Komet, it was finally nice to hear from him. Lakina, we talked about it on Friday, how much that the, uh, will the tight ends be used in his offense. Cole Komet showed up with five catches, 42 yards. Mm -hmm. Allen Robinson, six catches for 35. Damian Williams, four catches for 28 yards out the backfield. Darnell Mooney, five catches for 26 yards. Lakina, uh, here's the thing. Offensively, they did show some signs outside of David Montgomery, but I would like to see more from Damian Williams, and I'd like to see a little bit more from the uh, tight end. Um, I don't think uh, Jesse James was activated last night. I wasn't sure, but I know Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham had that one catch, and that was all we heard from him. Uh, it was nice to see Paul Komet and, uh, and Peter Holtz, uh, number 81, the other backup tight end. He was part of that block that got Justin Fields in the end zone uh, late uh, in that first half, but this is pretty much what you're going to see with Andy Dalton, that quarterback, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. And you can play it safe as, as long as you want, but at some point you just got to take chances in, in, in the Bears uh, with this coaching staff. They don't like to take a whole lot of chances. Yeah, well, well, if you're, you know, our buddies, Matt Pack and Midday Watts, who are doing their hot mic this year, hot mic this year, you're talking about know, Bears games, but they say dink and dink, which is pretty much what you saw. On that broadcast last night, both on Friends of the Show, I had yes. uh, the NBC sound down, and they actually had that broadcast on YouTube on the yes. ball B A W L uh, on Bulls uh, on their YouTube channel. So I had th their sound up. They were they were very entertaining yes. last night. So. <laughs> I know they were. Michigan I know they shot you out. out a couple of times. So yeah, but, I know. yeah they yeah. were interesting to watch. Yeah, they like I said, dink and dink, and yeah, that was pretty much what we saw from the Bears offense last night. And we got a couple of cutesy plays from Nagy, so it was it wasn't like it was a typical Bears game we've seen in the last few mm -hmm. years, just different personnel. That's all. So look, I'm not look. We'll we'll get into the Cincy game, you know, like I said, like we said on Friday. But I'm look. I this is I'm pretty much expecting you know the Bears to be exactly who they've always been, mediocre mm -hmm. at best. I mean, yeah, Robert Quinn had a half a sack. I think it took him. I think I think it took Al Michaels like a what two and a half quarters to say his name. <laughs> 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 which was which is just like which it sounds about right in the last couple of years, you know, just just taking money from the for the Bears. It's just it's just so absurd. And you know, we didn't see Khalil, we didn't hear Khalil Mack too much. You know, we had one tackle. They said Roquan Smith, I mean, showed you. Oh yeah, you know, Eddie Jackson actually had five tackles. Like okay, but he didn't have the tackles when it mattered most. <laughs> those long, yeah, you know, yeah. Stafford had those those two long touchdown passes. I mean, you know, you were like all the way on the other side. You know, Cup and uh, Woods were already gone. <laughs> they were like five yards ahead of you. So, you know, that's not mm -hmm. exactly really saying much. But look, I, I think, look, I said the personnel. I mean, we'll see how the Peters and Borough injuries how that affect that old line. I mean, look, Daniel's actually able to keep Aaron Donald at bay, which you yeah. know. That was, you know, that was, that was a, you know, that was pretty, you know, cool to see. But as you can, I think, I think Donald got very angry. That's why he saw what he saw in the second half. And and then, you know, Armando and, and Armando, our buddy Armando just said, like, yeah, SoFi Sam is just beautiful. That's a gorgeous stadium. That's going to be where this year's Super Bowl is going to be. They had the big jumbotron and all the colors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a, that's, that is a beautiful stadium, SoFi Sam. They're in the birds, actually, in, in Los Angeles. So mm -hmm. I think I heard like, a couple of couple guys who cover the Bears, I heard them say that it's, it's a little hard to, to get to because there's kind of like in the, in the outskirts of Los Angeles. But yeah, yeah that is a gorgeous stadium. Yeah, so it's, they're, they're, that is a gorgeous stadium. But, you know, 
back to the game before we go to break. Um, like I don't look. I'm look. We're, some people were saying that maybe they should start Justin Fields to try starting the whole game. I mean, since he look, that's a really good defense since he has. So I don't know if you want to you know start him off there. He actually was able to you know do some maneuvering, but I want to see him as. You know, as forget all like the weird like office of packages, but let's see him actually do, you know, lead a series. But again, you know, we'll see. But I, I don't know. Like I, I'll the Bears are going to be average at best this year, and I'm going to be you know feeling pretty good about that. <laughs> if you want to feel good some more, I have some more stats for you <laughs> for the okay. Los Angeles. Lay on me <laughs> for the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford as mentioned at the top of the show, three hundred and and 21 yards for three touchdowns. His quarterback rating was a, a whopping 156.1. Daryl Henderson has 16 carries for 70 yards in the score. Cooper mm -hmm. Cup in the receiving department had seven catches and 108 yards and a touchdown. Van Jefferson uh, was a player I was trying to re uh, reference earlier. He had two catches for 80 yards in the score. Robert Woods had three catches for 27 yards in a late touchdown in the um late in the game and Deshaun Jackson I, I didn't see him on the field last night but it's recorded that he had two catches for 21 yards so Lakina <laughs> we knew that the Rams offense was going to carve up this Bears defense I thought the score would be a whole lot worse but if you really look look deep into that game the the Rams they didn't really go off like uh, most people thought they would they just I'm not going to say they had it on cruise control but Head coach Sean McVay had the right game plan. I think we referenced this on Friday. He's going to attack the weakest part of the Bears secondary away yep. from Jalen Johnson. That's exactly what happened. And the running game really didn't need to be a factor until the game was already won. And yeah, so the Rams had a perfect game plan. Yeah, and I think he played it very well, McVay did. That's why he's one of the best young coaches in the league. The fact that he didn't show too much. He didn't need to. I mean, there were a couple of times he actually went for it on fourth down. <laughs> I think just to kind of like say, well, you know what, it is the Bears. So like, nah, you know what, I'll, I'll give him a, a, a little bit of a break. You know, there were actually a couple of times he actually went for it and they got mm -hmm. it. But look, at it, in closing here for me, I just think that, look, I mean, it wasn't as bad as you know Bears fans thought it would be, but it wasn't good enough where you can feel encouraged by this team and – this team is actually going to do mm -hmm. really do anything, especially when you talk about the rest of the division. Again, we'll do that after the break. But you know, I just I just think that you know, for me, I think it kind of just leave it alone at that. <laughs> and one more comment, if you could post this up, Lakina, I appreciate it. Armando, our buddy, again. Did you see Virginia at the game? You yes. know, she was scouting that stadium to see what they could do <laughs> in Arlington Heights. Yeah, we're gonna bring it up at, uh, at many points during the season, Armando. Trust me, it, it, it's as we said when this when this story broke out during the off season. This thing is far from over. It's just it's just beginning. It has legs. It's gonna have arms, feet, and everything else in between <laughs> as well. Uh, so we hit that we hit we are hitting the bottom of the hour uh, on the flip side we're going to review the rest of the week one action and we'll give you a quick preview of tonight's monday night football regular season opener between the baltimore ravens and the las vegas raiders and don't forget our stuff and don't forget our studs and does for week one so guys feel free to comment either on youtube or facebook what were your who are your studs and does for week one Y'all, along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shut out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be, we're going to say that three years from now, but at the same point in time for him, um, there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this, which is good too. Like that's what we want. We want that to happen. Download the free score app, lightning fast update. So you never miss a thing. It's why the score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the sports flash on the sport zone, Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We are continuing our football power hour. That's what you're going to expect from us throughout the football season. Every Monday, the first hour, we'll give you the breakdown for the Bears game. In our second half of this power hour, we're going to give you our studs and dozen, give you our thoughts on, on the day's previous games. Lakina, week one of the NFL uh, Sunday took place yesterday. Of course, we'll give you a preview of the of tonight's uh, Raiders Ravens game, but let's go through some of the scores from yesterday's uh, other contest. Uh, it was the Steelers over the Buffalo 23-16. I'll give you a couple words. Um, special teams bad for Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I mean, that blocked punt, I mean, that ended up scoring a touchdown. I mean, that kind of broke the game wide open. And look, I, I'm I'm not a little surprised. I know some people are a little surprised by that score, but look, I think Steelers kind of played that particular style. I think Buffalo tried to do like, like the, you know, the whole grinded out, you know, smash mouth football, but I think they're forgetting that the Steelers kind of, that was kind of like their bread and brother for years. So they kind of played around with that. And it was really like, yeah, like you said, I think the specialty that look, Josh Allen, you know, could have done more. He only had one mm-hmm. touchdown pass. They, you know, deficit here probably could have been used more you know, on the rushing side. And, you know, the, the Steelers really didn't have to do anything on offense, but like you said, it was really the special teams that kind of, you know, would mm-hmm. kind of change the game. So, you know, I'm not, I know Bills fans are already like freaking out, but I think, you know, look, let's not overreact to some of the stuff we've seen in week one, but, you know, that, that score, though, know, really did surprise me. The Steelers were able to pull that out. 
All right, it's Seattle Seahawks going from the West Coast to the East Coast uh, to play the Indianapolis Coast. They're coming out of there with a 28-16 to 16 win. Russell Wilson with two first-half touchdown passes, both to Tyler Lockett, and he had another one to new tight end Gerald Everett, who, who signed with the team from leaving the Rams this past offseason. Lakina, as we told you on Friday when we did our picks with Christine Manica, uh, I didn't trust Carson Wentz. I don't trust the Indianapolis Coast. They're not all the way healthy right now. You saw that yesterday. Seattle jumped on them from the world go. I was watching some of that game live via my computer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, I was surprised by this either. I mean, like you said, said they're, the Colts are still a little banged up right now. And you got, you know, Wentz, you know, learning the new offense, you know, so like his first playing time. So, look, I think Russell Wilson, I think, showed you that he's actually still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, for four, throw for four touchdowns, like you said. I mean, they really didn't have to need their rushing. You know, they didn't have to do the running game too much. And look, I think Seattle's showing you that we'll talk about the rest of the NFC West because there was one score that I think that kind of surprised some folks, but they looked really good. I think their defense did just enough to kind of slow that Colts offense down. Bobby Wagner had 13 tackles. So it was mm-hmm. just it was just a really good, like old school Seahawk performance in that game last yesterday, I should say. Another West Coast team going to the East Coast and getting a win on one of the shockers of the day yesterday. The Arizona Cardinals dominated the Tennessee Titans 38-13. Kyler Murray was very impressive. Ryan Tannehill, I know he's my fantasy quarterback for now <laughs> on my fantasy team. He looked like trash. Arizona, Kyler Murray, they, uh, the defense, Chandler Jones, had three sacks yesterday. Three of them five. in the first quarter. Five, five quarter game, three of them in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, he, uh, I know he was looking for a contract extension this offseason, especially after looking at TJ Watt's contract for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. If I'm Chandler Jones, back up the brings truck for me. What yeah. more do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, give him, yeah, he's in the last year of his rookie deal, and he'll look, here's a blank check, you know, give that man whatever he wants. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he was just, he had three of them, I think, like, right before the, even before the second quarter. So that's just how how massive that 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 defense was for the Cardinals and look Kyler Murray you know threw for four touchdowns and it was just just it would they put on a clinic and that's a that's a pretty good Titans team so I think I can see why we we all picked the Titans like a dummy I, I picked the Titans I know I should have picked Arizona but good <laughs> but uh I you know, remember not to listen to myself again, but always follow your first instinct. But yeah, I mean the, the Cardinals mm-hmm. looked really good, and I know a lot of people didn't think they would win that game, but they were able to. They pretty much dominated from start to finish. They, they time of possession. I think also that Cardinals had a big advantage there. So it was look. I mean, offense and defense. What, what more? Can you, what more do you want? <laughs> Another West Coast team going to the East Coast and picking up a victory in the opening weekend. The Los Angeles Chargers, or, or we call them the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on this show, they defeated the Washington football team 2016. Uh, Austin Eckler, the running back, he we told you he had a hamstring problem throughout the week. He had a big game yesterday. Ryan Fitzpatrick on the other side, the starting quarterback for the Washington football team, uh, exited the game with a hip flexor. Tyler, Taylor Ranicke, uh subbed in for him. Also, Keenan Allen had over 100 yards in the score for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, they, after Fitzpatrick, you know, he's actually going to be gone for an extended period of time with that hip flexor injury. So it is going to be Heineke, you know, for right now. And, and look, I think Justin Herbert, you know, made some big plays late. I mean, he kind of kept the chains moving for the Chargers and, it, it looked it actually ended up being a pretty entertaining game. And look, I think Heineke did what he could, but, you know, Herbert was kind of just cool under pressure and just kind of 
Cat got the you know the Washington defense on their heels, so good for him. And we'll see. I mean, look, we've said this. We we talked to our buddy Spiro, Spiro Dudes, who actually called that game yesterday, mm-hmm. and you know he said that look, you know, don't be surprised. Though there's a reason why people are picking the Chargers to be one of the sleepers in the AFC, and you saw why yesterday. One more team going over from the West Coast to the East Coast to pick up a victory. The the sorry, the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Detroit Lions. 41 to 33. I was actually watching the majority of this game live via my computer. Uh, mm-hmm. The 49ers looked sluggish early. Detroit, they played well, at least through the first quarter and a half. Actually, they kept up with the 49ers, but uh, Jared Goff, with bad luck, uh, had that turnover to Greenlaw, who got hurt for the 49ers later on in the game. But Jared Goff, uh, through the interception, his hand touched his teammates, the offensive lineman's helmet, which affected the throw, and everything went downhill for the Detroit Lions. Now, Detroit made 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 it a ball game late, but th- that turnover, the interception return for a touchdown by Greenlaw, really did the Lions in. Yeah, and I mean, Fortnite kind of made that game closer than it had to than it needed to be, so that was kind of. You know, those that made it interesting. But uh look, I think look, I think Detroit's gonna be one of those teams where you're gonna like they're not they probably won't, won't win something. They probably may only like, win like maybe three or four games, but they're gonna get a fight from them, you know, thanks to their their coach can't toast Dan Campbell. So, you know, they're gonna show that fight and they did, you know, they could have, you know, you know, lines of you know past years would have just, you know, went to the field position and, you know, gave up, but they didn't. So you know, and also to the 49ers, I mean, they, they lost a couple injuries. You know, they they lost Mostert to an injury. You know, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be gone for a certain period of time. I think Verrett's one of their corners. I think he's gone for the year. I think, I believe, he tore an ACL, if I'm not mistaken. So the injuries, you know, it was a costly win for the 49ers. So hopefully they can, you know, combat those injuries that kind of deterred, that derailed them last year. But, you know, I mean, look, it was a nice showing. And look, all the NFC West teams won. So, you know, they're all 1-0, so that's, you know, that that's one of my – we're not doing studs and duds yet, but that's one of my studs, you know, the entire NFC West. <laughs> uh, one of the games of the day from yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Minnesota Vikings 27-24 to in overtime. Joe Burrow looked good. <laughs> Tyler Boyd did his thing. Jamar Chase, the rookie wide receiver, five catches, 101 yards in the score. Uh, he's going to be a problem to to be dealt with if you're an opponent. So the Bears are going to find that out next Sunday. So we'll leave that alone. On the flip side for Minnesota, uh, Dalvin Cook ran in a score. He's on my fantasy team. Yay. <laughs> Kirk Cousins did Kirk Cousins things. The Minnesota trail throughout the ball game. But give him credit. They bowed back and actually hit a game-time field goal to force the game into overtime. But Cincinnati, was they were cool under pressure, and they got it done. Yeah, I mean that cook, you know, fumble, which really wasn't a fumble, but but hey, whatever it is, what it is. But, <laughs> but what, do, what do I know? Which you know, that's up. But, but you know what too? I think that the good news is, is that Burrow, yeah, Burrow was sacked five times, but you know, I think last year's O line would have he would have been sacked maybe seven or eight times. So I guess that's an improvement. So that that O line still kind of concerns me a little bit there for Cincy, but. And look, I think the Vikings had nobody really to blame but themselves. I mean, they were in this game. They could have, you know, put, got gotten to a hole early. I guess they were kind of lax. They could get anything going. Now they finally were able to get things going late. And who knows if if Cook had that Cook not had that fumble, who knows what would have happened? They probably mm-hmm. won that game. But you know, I think since he's showing you that there are no pushovers, so we'll see how how they look. You know, we're gonna see, you know Bears fans gonna see him on Sunday. And as for Minnesota, I mean, I think, you know, let's not freak out too much for Minnesota. I mean, it, it's, you know, since he's not going to be a, a team that's going to, you're not going to push them around either. So, 
The Philadelphia Eagles pushed around the Atlanta Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons, 32 to 6. Lakina, a couple of things here. The, the Atlanta offense never got going. Matt Ryan got constant pressure uh, in his face all day long. Uh, they couldn't get the running game going. Uh, uh, Fletcher Cox, so uh, shout out to him. He let uh, He's the veteran of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles front four. Uh, they got in Ryan's face all game long. Jalen Hurst didn't have to do too much, but they did enough to win. And I don't know if you got a chance to uh, watch the, at least some of the broadcasts because most of the game was boring. But I know at least you folks here in Chicago didn't get a chance to the, – the broadcast of the game was not available to us here in Chicago. But I did watch some of it live via my computer. It was the debut of the Fox number 2 crew, Kevin Burkhardt, and Greg also, the one-time former Bear. I, that, I don't know if you saw this, Lakina, but uh, coming out of the commercial break late in the fourth quarter, it was still 22-6. to six. Kevin Burkhardt um, busted out. Uh, a makeup brush to brush off Greg Olson's face, <laughs> and both of them started laughing. It's like you're here in the booth now; you don't have to dirty up your face. I'm just paraphrasing here. Anybody catches that on social media, please go uh, go look that up. I thought it was a funny moment, but the couple minutes I got a chance to uh, watch and listen to Greg Olson, he's going to be pretty good. I know he did some stuff with ESPN when he was with the Carolina, you know, doing guest analyst work for NFL Live and stuff when he was still a player. But him and Kevin Parker is go they're going to be good. Just give them some time, but I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I think they definitely have mesh. Well, I actually saw a little bit of that game because, like you said, it was kind of boring. But, look, a nice debut for Devontae Smith. I mean, he became just the third Eagles receiver since the merger in 1970 through mm -hmm. a quarter or a receiving touchdown in their first game, joining guys like Chris Carter and Marvin Hargrove. And, you know, look, that was a nice showing by them. And, and like you said, I, I actually caught a little bit of it because it was sort of, like you said, it was kind of blob. But, you know, I think, look, mm -hmm. we, we said that Greg Olson was going to be really good in the booth. And we, we, we even if he was here in Chicago, everybody said he'd be very good, you know, doing the booth. So he, he is going to do just fine. I think he and Kevin Burke are going to be real, work really well together. But as for the game itself, I mean, look, what about all those folks that were picking that land to be a sleeper in the NFC? Twan, Antoine Ward, our buddy Showtime. Like, where is he? <laughs> I don't see him anywhere in the comments, dude. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he you know he and others were paid in Atlanta. So uh, about that, I mean, they did not look good at they didn't look good at all in their defense. You know, again, you know, they became an issue. I mean, Deion Jones had eleven tackles for them. You know, as was a team high, a game high for them. But they really weren't able to slow down that an offense of the Eagles. So it just, it just wasn't a good showing for Atlanta for a team that a lot of people thought, you know, they have a quote unquote easy schedule and not, that's just a very good start for them. Uh, also another ugly game was the Carolina Panthers getting by the New York Jets 19 to 14. I thought Sam Darnold will have a big day. Uh, he didn't Christian McCaffrey after an early fumble, he rebounded, uh, had a nice game that Jets defense actually not as bad as people think. But they got a lot of work to do on that offense. <laughs> I know yeah. you have rookies quarterback Zach Wilson, who I think eventually will be good. But this is some of the growing pains you had to go through, especially learning on the job. And they lost one of their top tackles to Mackay Becton um, to four to six weeks with a because he had to have arthroscopic knee surgery, you know, to deal to clean up some cartilage that was damaged. And and look, I think you know the Jets. Unfortunately, they've had you know a lot of injuries, you know, during the training camp and all now just now. So it, it's. It looks like it's going to be another season of futility for the the Jets, but all but then again, you know what they 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 stayed with the game. They stayed, you know, they were right there, you know, until the end. So they actually tried to make it interesting. But uh, and you know, most at the Panthers, I mean, they if they can make it go at it for the one of the wild card spots, I mean, 
They still, you know, they, he's like his Christian McCaffrey. You got Darnold's over, Darnold's over there now. Their defense is okay. They're not, it's not great. I mean, Shaq Thompson, you know, is really solid. He was a pro bowler last year, but, you know, I'm not really expecting too much from the Panthers nor the Jets. So it was sort of, again, it was sort of one of those blah games. They're like, oh, okay. You know, the Panthers won. Okay, cool. <laughs> and the last of the early games, it was the Houston, Texas over the Jacksonville Jaguars, 37 to 21. Tyrod Taylor did enough for the for the Houston, Texas to win on the flip side. Trevor Lawrence, a typical rookie debut, a couple of touchdown passes, but a couple of interceptions as well. The Jaguars defense was shredded in Houston. They just had the momentum from the world go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people were surprised by the fact that Houston won, but I think people were surprised probably by how dominant it was. I mean, mm-hmm. but, you, know, Taylor, you know, Taylor, I know he's been wanting to start back. You know, unfortunately, he got his lung puncher, if you guys remember last year with the Chargers. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Herbert came on and you know, the rest is history. But, you know, he actually had a nice showing in his first game, you know, back as a starter. I mean, Philip Lindsay, who the Texans picked up during the offseason, mm-hmm. You know, he had a touchdown, and also Mark Green, two people forget he's over there now, too. He also had a touchdown. He let the guys in rushing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was okay. Cool. I mean, look, I'm not – no one's really expecting too much, although they are in first place in the AFC South right now. The Texans are. But, like I said, I mean, it, you know, Lawrence had your typical – you know, he had three touchdowns, which was really good. He threw for 332 yards, but he had three interceptions. I, look, no one's, you know, look, no one should be freaking out on me. He is a rookie. People need to remember that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it actually was a surprisingly entertaining game. I know some people were really expecting too much with all the circumstances with the, with the Texans quarterback situation, but I think Tyra Taylor did a very formidable job. Yeah. Quickly through the late games, it was the New Orleans Saints 38, the Packers 3. The Miami Dolphins defeated the Patriots 17-16, and the Broncos, the Denver, the Denver Broncos defeated the New York Giants 27-13. Lakina, I want to get your analysis quickly on the Saints and Packers. Look, I know people want to make little, you know, like make their own little little conspiracy theories, a little synopsis of what's going on with the with Rodgers. But again, this is sort of what happens when you're you don't play in the preseason. You should have, they should have played at least maybe once in the preseason so that maybe they could have gotten to a rhythm. They looked awful from the word go. I was actually able to watch the, you know, the beginning part of, of it via my uh, laptop here because, you know, of course, <laughs> of course, the Vikings-Bengals game was still on here in Chicago. But Yeah, same just, here. Yeah, so it was just wasn't – no, it, it just didn't look good. And, look, I know people want to say, oh, well, they should go ahead and just trade them now and, you know, and this and that. But, look, I think once you get into a rhythm and, look, I don't know what everyone's mindset is over at the Packers, but, you know, Devontae Adams has one foot out the door and – you know the defense just, mm, just wasn't very good, and it just, just, just it was just nothing was there for them. It just look, I'm not. No one should really overreact. We'll see what happens, you know, in their next game. But for the Saints, I mean, Jameis Winston had five touchdowns and then throw googly and then eyes. Yay! I mean, <laughs> well, he was googly eyes. He had laser eyes yesterday, so let's be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was laser focused, and and it was look, it was actually a pretty good showing by him. I mean, look, are we going to see this all the time from Jameis? No, but look, I think that look, I, I said on the on the preview uh last night with our buddy Kyle Means in the gang, you know, there have been a you know, players have been lobbying for Winston to get the job once, you know, Breeze retired. So, you know, and the fact that he's at least for right now is showing you that hey, I he deserves to get the job. So and you know, look, the defense did a really good job too. I mean, you know, Cam, you know, Cam Jordan was just you know, lights out. I mean, Marcus Davenport was really solid too. You know, they had a couple of turnovers. So I'm, 
look, I, I look, I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna say that the, the Saints are gonna win the AFC AFC NFC side, I should say, but at least right now, I'm not gonna freak out and say that the, the Packers are gonna be be terrible because <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be that either. So I think we need to kind of just like take it for what it was and just not to try to overanalyze it. Uh, Miami's 17-16 win over the New England Patriots. Uh, my quick synopsis, Miami's defense was great, especially early when they forced Matt Jones into a couple of early turnovers. Uh, the Patriots' offense still has a lot of work to do. You know, Mac Jones did get better as the game moved along. On, on the flip side, Tua Tagovailoa, he did okay. He was like he was last year when he was a rookie, but he still has a lot of work to do. But he did show some signs that uh, – that he did work on his game during the off season and Miami uh, gutted it out on the road for an important opening opening weekend win. It was just a very sloppy game on both all yeah. around. I, mean, <laughs> I just was like the majority of that too via my computer. Yeah, well, like there were fumbles, you know, there were you know <laughs> two of them interceptions. So, but I think that <laughs> Miami just doesn't have to win that game. So it was not really the best game, but you know, <laughs> it, it is what it was. Now Denver being the Giants. Um, Teddy Bridgewater had a nice showing. Mm-hmm. Had you know threw for two touchdowns. You know Melvin Gordon rushed for 101 yards and a touchdown. Just, I mean, they, I think they lost one of their their, their top players for an injury. So Jerry Judy, they they lost him for the I season. I saw that injury. Like, that was terrible. I feel sorry was, for him. Yeah, I yeah, feel bad for him because he was he was because he had a really solid rookie season. He was primed for another uh, good sophomore season. So we'll see what happens, and if that's kind of you know. Gets back, you know, comes back to bite him. But you know, it was it was a solid showing by Denver. I mean, no one was really expecting the Giants to really do anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid and Lakina here with you as we'll now give you our studs and duds from Week One action. We'll get to our quick Monday Night Football preview in just a moment. Lakina, I'll start off with my three studs: Kenny Allen for the Los Angeles Chargers, Kyler Murray from the Arizona Cardinals, and. Teddy Bridgewater from the Denver Broncos. Oh, but before let's, let's take a pause. Let's take a pause on the studs and duds. We got to get to Cleveland and Kansas City. Oh yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah, yes. bad, bad. how can we you forget? Know, bad, 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 bad. bad. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, folks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really. Yeah, that was actually a really good. Yeah, game Kansas City thirty-three, um, Browns twenty-nine. The Browns dominated the first half. They actually led by twelve points at the half, but. <laughs> as as I said to someone on Twitter yesterday, uh, expect Kansas City to come back, and that's exactly what happened. But on the flip side for Cleveland, I know uh, some Browns fans are disappointed at what happened yesterday, but don't be – you can be disappointed at what happened yesterday, but this is not the same Cleveland Browns team. And especially looking at the early part of the schedule, I know they got the Bears next week. Not next week, but in two, two weeks, weeks. Two weeks. But looking at their earlier part of the schedule, you guys should get back on track. So this is not the same Cleveland team. Even from last year, we thought they weren't going to make it, even though they turned it around late. Yeah, so I mean, the Chiefs. Cleveland yeah, gave I all mean, what Kansas City can handle. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, remember they didn't have Tyron Matthew because he was coming back from the from COVID protocols. They mm-hmm. didn't have Frank Clark either and a couple other couple other guys. And, you know, they had a slow start, but they were able to kind of, you know, get back into it and, you know, it, it actually ended up being pretty well. I think, you know, Kelsey had, you know, two touchdown catches. Tyreek Hill had almost 200 receiving yards, a touchdown. You know, he kind of <laughs> led the charge of that comeback. But, yeah, I mean, look, you know, look, they did what champions do. They, you know, they were, they were down early. They got hit in the mouth, and they came back up. So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to them. And, look, I think the Browns, I know Browns fans out of habit thought that, oh, good Lord, this is going to, you know, this is yeah. going to be the same old Browns. But, no, no, I think you guys are going to be just fine. 
All right, now we get to our studs and does. Uh, I'm going to call the call an audible a little bit. Teddy Bridgewater will give my honorable mention for my three studs. But my three studs are Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers, Kyle Murray from the Arizona Cardinals, and Jameis Winston from the New Orleans Saints. You stole like one of mine. I had Jameis as one of my studs. and But I was going to say Chandler Jones you know, had five. Mm-hmm. Sacks by himself. You know, had three. You know, before the second second quarter. So just to you know, give that man his money. Arizona, come on now, <laughs> don't stop messing, stop messing around. And I would say I was. I'll give Philly my other stud. I mean, it was you know, you know, what sort of like it was kind of a blah game. You know, they're just trotting along, but they mm-hmm. didn't. They ended up and went also to Matt Stafford. I mean, I think it looks like he is going to be just fine. I think he was like what, like mm-hmm. eight or thirty nine or six and thirty nine or something like that against winning teams. But now that now that he's in a good situation, I think he's going to be doing a little bit better. <laughs> so, you know, those are my those are my studs. Now, what are your duds? Sit on the. Uh, side? These are will be teams: the Detroit Lions, the Tennessee Titans, and the Buffalo Bills offense. Well, yeah, I won't say like the well, I was gonna say like the Bills special teams. <laughs> yeah. Like just it was just not very good. And I think that's probably the one thing that's gonna keep Buffalo. Let's hopefully they can clean that up. I'm gonna say the entire NFC North. Everyone lost. <laughs> the Bears Everybody. are in first place, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're also in last place too, if you want to go all right. I mean, both the Bears, Lions, Packers, and Vikings all lost. So that whole, you know, that whole NFC North. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it might be end up being like a nine eight or nine win team that might end up winning the division. So I don't know. Did you catch the tweet from a good friend Layla Rahimi from six seven to score in Chicago? I think she <laughs> tweeted out late last night or early this morning that the NFC North could be this year's NFC least. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that way for the last I couple. wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say the East. Yeah. Missed out with an eight nine record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the East actually looks some of those teams actually really look good in the NFC East. We saw some of that, even though I think yeah. they're in first place by themselves yeah. right now. But uh um, did I did I do all three? No, no. Um Tennessee Titans are like my other dud. I mean, they just that that just was not I know they got a new OC, but Come on. I mean, I know, look, I know that the Arizona defense, you know, Chandler Joe's like a one man wrecking crew, but still, I mean, only 58 yards for Derrick Henry. Really? What the, really? <laughs> I, know, I, look, I, look, I know you don't want to put all the emphasis on him, but he's one of the guys that got you to the, that's been getting you to the dance the last couple of years. Use him. Use him. All right, go ahead, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> all right we have a couple minutes left before we hit the top of the hour break of course one more game left on the schedule for week one of the national football league it will take place tonight from las vegas it's the las vegas raiders hosting the baltimore ravens that's at 7 15 p.m on espn and abc and the debut of the manning brothers telecast on espn too that's eli and brother Payton. i'm actually looking forward to that i'm trying to check some of that out as far as the game lakina you know on friday i picked the the raiders even before the injuries that happened to the baltimore ravens late last week uh especially now with fans in the stands mm-hmm. the, the raiders are going to come out on fire you have to as head coach now head coach john gruden would say of the raiders pound the rock pound the rock and they're they're going to do that you need to do that to keep lamar jackson off the field but their issue is defensively especially on the defensive front can you contain Lamar Jackson? Can you get to him a couple of times? And can you first a couple of turnovers? If you could do that, you'll have a chance to win this ballgame. And I have faith that the Raiders will do that tonight. This is going to be close, folks. Yeah, this is gonna be this is not gonna be a blowout like it was last year. I know people were kind of like people were kind of using that as synopsis, but like I think 
the, the defense is going to be for me is going to be what is going to be for the Raiders. Like, like you said, can they, can those kid guys like, you know, Yannick Nugule or Denzel Perryman, you know, we're get KJ Wright's over there now too. So yeah. you wonder, can they slow him, slow him down? And also too, you know, we'll, we'll see if that's the flip side. I know that's a pretty decent, you know, led by Clay's Cam. That's a pretty good Baltimore defense. Can they mm-hmm. kind of slow down Derek Carr? And I know, I know Josh Jenkins is questionable. I don't know if they're not saying whether or not whether he's going to play. It also held to Ref Renfro and also to Brian Edwards. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, who, which defense can slow down which offense. I think that's going to be sort of the key. And with the injuries to the Baltimore's whole backfield, I know they picked up Le'Veon Bell. And I forgot who mm-hmm. else they picked up, but can they even run Tavis the ball to Latavius Murray? They're, yeah, they're both good players, team. but uh, can they pick up some rhythm on the running game? If they can, uh, it's going to be problems for the Raiders. But I don't know if Baltimore will be able to do that. You can't throw everything at LeBar Jackson's feet. You can only do that for so long. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. It should be a very entertaining game. So, you know, guys, check it out on ESPN and ESPN2 for the Manning Brothers broadcast. So I'm probably going to be turning back and forth from the traditional to the uh, the Manning Brothers. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, hour one in the books. We got still got a lot to do to talk about in hour two. You know, the White Sox match number is now nine. And, you know, things are getting very close to some of the other divisions in the AL and the NL. It's a little chipness going on last night between the two New York teams, between the Yankees and the Mets. Also, also pre, you know, review college football. And also, too, a couple of first-time winners in the U.S. Open. And where one of them actually kept, you know, Djokovic from going for that career grand slam. Long as City Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. This is the Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll catch you on the flip side. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shut out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11-17, of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9-19 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Bluestar medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically. Dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply.
Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you, wherever you get your apps and make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. And if you want to make a comment uh, regarding the topics that we talk about, we talk we have talked about on today's show, you could do so by simply going to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube while you watch our shows live or either of those uh, pages. And you can post your comments below. Lakina will get them up on the air for you. And if you want to listen to the audio version of this podcast, make sure you search for War on Anchor wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at WAR Media on all social media platforms. That's War Media on all social media platforms. Lakina, as we kick off our number two, let's get into some baseball. The White Sox are 82 and 61, taking two out of three from the Boston Red Sox after that dramatic two to one victory yesterday on the South Side. Leary, not Larry Garcia, mm-hmm. uh, hit his second home run uh, of that series, his first career walk off home run. The White Sox. Uh, they didn't play their best series, but they did enough to beat the Red Sox two out of three. Friday's game was electric. They had Jose Abreu with a three-run shot. And he's still piling the numbers as far as the Arcus RBI titles are concerned. I was at Saturday's game. That bullpen blew it again. And that yeah. damn great camera will get it. It's the moment. <laughs> but uh, they trailed 7-2 to two on Saturday, made a comeback. Yasmani Grandal along with Luis Robert uh, led that charge. You thought the White Sox were going to finish out the Red Sox for a potential sweep? Ah, didn't happen. But yesterday's game, Lance Land was great with nine strikeouts. I know he has, has now he has a little bit of an injury. Hopefully, he's not too serious. I know you get Lucas Giolito back. Rodon came back on Friday, looked good. But Lakina, that damn bullpen, i.e., Craig Kimbrough. What was I talking about him around three weeks ago today? Remember uh, mm-hmm. that game in Toronto? Almost same yep. scenario in a sense. Lance Lynn was pitching his butt off in Toronto. Had a chance. The Sox had a chance to win that game, but who cannot throw a, throw a curveball across home play without throwing it away? Mr. Craig Kimbrough. It happened three weeks ago today, and look what happened yesterday. And look what happened on Saturday. <laughs> I'm not going to say that Craig Kimbrell is the is the uh, the only issue on this team. I, absolutely not. But hopefully, this is a bad stretch that he's going through that he could get it turned around before the playoffs. Lakina, if anybody that needs to have a sigh of relief from yesterday, it was Craig Kimbrell because I thought after the, that wild pitch yesterday that I thought the Sox gave that damn game away. They did. Yeah. But yeah. you know, Larry Garcia uh, Garcia came through, and the Sox got off the the White Sox got off the hook. Yeah, they really did. I think thank you, Larry Garcia, for kind of you know bringing you know bringing that up, and also too. And, and look, I think look, this is the one that you're we've been saying for like I was saying like this at the beginning of the season that the White Sox middle reef and bullpen. You thought that maybe that was going to be the thing that kept the White Sox from going forward to the playoffs. We saw that happen against a mm-hmm. potential playoff opponent in the Red Sox. And look, I mean, 
we'll see the rest of the way. I mean, look, look, Garcia kind of you know got you know Kemper off the hook, if you will, with that with that home yeah. run. But uh, you know, I mean, it, it's sort of like. I, I don't know what else to say about this team at this point. I mean, like they're going to win a division, like like we've been saying. The match number is nine. I don't know what else you can say with this team. I mean, look, you got hopefully you know Julio's back. You know he'll be back you know, for his next start, and you know hopefully you know you don't get this type of stuff in the playoffs. But you can't really expect you know this type. If you're going to do this type of you know craziness and do all this type of you know silliness. Mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to win the world series. You're not going to go all the way if you can't do that. So it's just, I, at this point, I just really don't know what else like what you can say about this, about this white Sox team. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but again, I'm a little bit worried that they will probably be one and done. I'll give you some hope, Lakina. Let's be put on a happy face <laughs> on the flip side. Uh, the offense uh, uh, showed up, especially during that comeback, uh, comeback on Saturday. Luis Robert is swinging a hot stick. Yasmani Grandal, he had a big home run on Saturday. Jose Abreu, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, uh, he's swinging a hot stick and piling on the numbers in terms of his personal RBI total. And Gavin Sheets, uh, I know, know that he didn't get a hit on Saturday, but his presence in that, in that lineup is huge. I know also, too, as far as injury is concerned, Tim Anderson is still out. Hopefully he'll, he'll return soon. Andrew, Ra- Andrew Vaughn has a wrist issue. He hasn't been in the lineup for the last few days, so hopefully his uh, risk issues will heal up pre, uh, uh, for a stretch run here pretty soon, but that White Sox office is still starting is still starting to uh, catch up with the starting pitching. Now Dylan Cease, like I said, I was there on Saturday. Dylan Cease did not have his best outing. Now, do I believe that he's still going to be the uh, number three starter? Yes, it was just a bad outing. I'm not ready to throw him throw throw him out with the dirty bath water like some people in Sox Twitter want to do. So uh, it was a bad outing by C's. Hopefully he could bounce back it, it, in the next in the next outing that he has. But that offense is starting to come through. And uh, the game that they played yesterday, into a lesser extent on Friday, we talked about this for the last month, Lakina. Mm-hmm. Close games, stressful games, the Sox have to get used to this because in the playoffs, this is all what it's going to be. You cannot beat everybody 9-3, 10-6, That doesn't happen. Everything is magnified from every pitch to every defensive play, to every move. Everything's going to be magnified times a 1,000. And for the Sox, they do have the talent, but you got to win games in, in various ways. Uh, they've done that a few times this year with coming back from uh, from humongous odds in terms of runs, and they also blown teams out as well. But this Red Sox series has shown up to this point. Uh, a couple other series as well, but a series that they won two out of three with playoff-type in intensity. You saw what this White Sox team is made of. Yeah, and I think that sort of gives me a little bit of hope. The fact that they can do it, and I know that they've got they've got the personnel, they got the hitting, they got the pitching. You know, once when once you know everyone, you're not getting those you know starts from like C's had and, and everything else. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of like okay, you know, I'm like I said, I'm in, I'm in prove it mode when it comes to the White Sox. You know, some of these guys do have playoff experience now, so hopefully they can kind of use that to their advantage at once the playoffs really do start. But you know, that, that, that Saturday game, I think kind of, you know, I was able to watch a little bit of it in between watching, you know, some of the, a lot of these college football games, which we'll talk about after the break. But, you know, the fact that they were able to come back after giving up seven innings, seven hits, I should say, in the third inning, you know, they came right you know, back in the fourth and got five and, you know, tied it. And then it was, it got really, really crazy after that. But mm-hmm. it, it 
gives you a little bit of hope. But again, you know, you're gonna get a lot of these types of like I said, you're gonna get a lot of these types of types of games once you get to the playoffs. You're not gonna get like somebody that's gonna have, you know, and also too, we're gonna see, you know, as they get into the rest of their schedule, but you're gonna get some of the fight for some of these teams. So I, I think you know the Sox are gonna have to kind of get it together and just you know, once everyone comes back from injury, I know Gilito will be back for his start and they will have a couple of guys that are gonna be coming back too. I mean, you're gonna be mm-hmm. facing the Angels. You know, starting tomorrow, you know, we'll we'll see how they look. I mean, that's a pretty decent Angels team. You know, you got Texas, you got Detroit, mm-hmm. you got live against Cleveland because a couple of those a couple of those games are makeup games, remember? And yeah, you know, you know Cincy, you know, who's probably still going to be fly, fighting for a playoff spot. We'll see where they are by the time they do face each other at the end of the month. And also, too, you finish up with Detroit. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how this team looks. You're gonna get you're gonna get fights from some of these teams, as we saw from some of these games this weekend so i don't know but it, it's it's gonna it's gonna get very interesting for the white Sox, so especially as we get closer and closer to the playoffs yeah and the pitching matchup goes like this for the white Sox as they take on the angels as you mentioned starting tomorrow lucas giolito will start versus packy nalton um versus packy nalton wednesday's game is also at 7 10 dallas kaigo will pitch for the White Sox, and then of course Thursday's game is Ronaldo Lopez as of right now versus Shohei Otani. So it, it it's going to be interesting for for the White Sox as they continue to uh, march on to clinch this uh, AL Central Division title. So uh, hopefully that uh, Dallas Keuchel, as we mentioned on our show on Friday, he didn't look that bad in his last start against Oakland. Hopefully he can continue that momentum, improve to fight for a playoffs spot on on this roster Ronaldo Lopez has been tremendous coming out of their bullpen Lakina and so hopefully he can he can continue uh his role on the mound so I kind of like uh, the the matchup uh, against the Angels looking and you're better than them I will predict a sweep but realis- realistically I expect to at least for the sides to take two out of three if they don't there's, there's going to be problems well, yeah, I mean, they should be able to at least win two out of three, I mm-hmm. think, if not sweep. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they, they had to face Otani, who's been kind of like the hot hand. So, well, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be very interesting, though. I think that's going to be an interesting interesting series from that sense. But, you know, talking to the, you know, talking about the Cubs for a little bit, I mean, they got their doors blown off. I mean, they did, they did try to fight mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, yesterday's game, the rubber match tried to win the series, win, or at least take a game in the series, but that didn't that didn't happen. They got mm-hmm. their butts kicked 15 to 4 and also 6 1. But, you know, the Giants are one of the best teams in the league. So you shouldn't feel too bad if you're a Cubs fan. Now, let's talk about the rest of the rest of the uh, um, baseball. But, you know, that New York series, I mean, of course, they had the, the emotional, you know, the, the pomp and circumstance from the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a, a really, a really a beautiful uh, tribute there. Now the, on the con, con in contrast of Sunday night's game, which got the ESPN Sunday baseball treatment. Um, it was, it was back and forth. And Stanton actually tied the game, <laughs> you know, and uh, he was teeing, uh, Lynn Francisco Lindor were kind of chirping at each other. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was <laughs> it was actually pretty funny, you know. All the no you know, down this time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. There was no, yeah. It, it, guys were just jawing at each other. There were no punches thrown. No one got thrown out. So everybody, you know, it was kind of you know sort of like crazy for a few minutes. But everybody cooler heads prevailed, and everybody went back. But Lindor actually 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 just actually had two home runs then, but actually ended up hitting the game. You know, the go ahead home run. So he actually had three home runs during that, and the mm-hmm. Mets ended up winning the series. So probably might. 
that might have ended the Yankees' playoff chances because you got other teams in the back end that are nipping at their heels. What did you think of that series? Uh, the, as we talked about on Friday, like, you know, who needed that series more, the Yankees or the Mets? Uh, I said the Yankees, but uh, the Mets showed up. I know they lost a tough one on Saturday, which prevented them to sweep. But uh, the, the Mets uh, showing what they made up here. It may be a little bit too late at the end in terms of winning the in at least because they sure as hell don't have a chance in the NL wild card. We'll break that down in just a moment. But uh, the Mets did show, show some fight. The Yankees, as I said before, like, you know, they do have the offense, but outside of Garrett Cole, can you depend on that bullpen? Or well, this champion has been injured all year. He's been back and forth with, with his performance, but can you really depend on them come playoff time as of right now? No. Yeah, I, I don't. Maybe I'm don't, crazy with thinking that way, but I'm just looking at it through unbiased eyes. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't like what I'm seeing from this team. I, I don't, you know, the Rays are going to end up winning that division. I think, I think they're mentioned them. I believe it's like 12, 11 or 12 or something like that to mm -hmm. clinch their division. So they, at least I should say, so that's probably over and done with, but look, all the other teams, you know, and that did, it will be such a Baltimore. Of course we'll get to them in a second, but uh, you know, the blue Jays, I mean, they scored 44 total runs in their three game series against Baltimore. That's three short of their franchise record. They scored 22 That's what yesterday. you're supposed to do against bad teams. <laughs> they scored 22 yesterday. <laughs> and they scored, yeah, they scored 11 in the first, the first like four innings, but I think it's like, that's an MLB record, I believe. So, yep. you know, you did what you're supposed to do against, you know, bad teams. And look, Black Laurel Jr., he'll probably will not, he might, probably will not end up winning AL MVP because, you know, of course, we have to talk about that guy, Otani, but, you know, he had, yeah, a solid showing, just what everybody you know contributed. So, you know, you did what you're supposed to do, and now they're right there in the in the thick of it in the AL in the AL uh, wild card chase. But uh, what else sort of like impressed you this weekend in baseball? Um, congrats to to um, congrats to Corbin, uh, the starting pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. Him and reliever Josh Hader, they combined for a no-hitter, the second in Milwaukee Brewers uh, franchise history Saturday night, defeating the Cleveland Indians on the road three to nothing. That makes it officially nine no-hitters in the major leagues this season. Of course, on this show, we have 11. That's oh, Madison well, Bumgarner's no, uh, seven-inning no-hitter in Atlanta, which was an official game for a seven-inning double-header game. And the one from the Tampa Bay raise against Cleveland back in early June. So on this show, we have 11 no-hitters mm -hmm. on this show. So 11 no-hitters from Major League Baseball this year. Uh, so congratulations to Mr. Corbin and the whole entire Brewers organization. organization. That's their second no-hitter, as I mentioned, in franchise history with their win against Cleveland uh, on Saturday, helping out the Sox with their magic number there. So congratulations to them. But getting back to the, the West of the NL um, wildcard chase, uh, the San Diego Padres, they showed up, but their bets didn't. <laughs> uh, as they were swept by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Max Scherzer yesterday becoming the 19th MLB pitcher in history of the game to strike out 3,000 batters, 3,000 uh, batters in a career. He had a perfect game going through uh, six and two-thirds. Of course, Eric Hosmer broke that up in the seventh inning yesterday, mm -hmm. but the Dodgers are still on the roll. Mookie Betts showed why he's the MVP of that team, not only with his bat, but with his defense as well. You saw that yesterday. So the Dodgers are still tracking down the San Francisco Giants. As you mentioned, Lakina, they swept the Cubs here in Chicago. Chris Bryant got all the accolades and tributes from the Cubs fans, and rightfully so. Uh, it looks like this NL uh, West race will come down to perhaps the last weekend of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the Dodgers, you know, they thought that they were going to kind of show up, but so- sorry, sorry, Dodgers, we, the Cubs couldn't do their thing, you know, to kind of help you guys out. But look, they have the, excuse me, they have the Diamondbacks coming up early this early this week, starting tonight. You know, then they have Cincy, they got to go at Cincy at Colorado and at, at Arizona again. So this is sort of like their shot to kind of, you know, try to, you know, make headway here in the West. I mean, San Fran, I mean, their schedule is a little bit tougher. They have the Padres starting tomorrow. And, you know, starting tonight, I should say, they got a, that's a mm-hmm. four-gamer. And then they have Atlanta, and they have the Padres again. So they're kind of standing between the mm-hmm. Padres, so they can kind of get some help from them. And also, to Colorado, Arizona, and the, and the Padres. So I'm sure the Padres will love to play spoiler, though they're still right mm-hmm. there for the eighth, for the NL. But, you know, they got teams, you know, nipping at their heels, too. So mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, they, I'm sure they probably would love to have had a better showing against the Dodgers, but I think, like I said, the Dodgers are kind of on a mission right now. So we'll see what they can do. And and also, too, as for the edit, the NL East, I mean, you know, great going, Phillies, you know, losing a, losing a series to Colorado at home. <laughs> you I just read my mind. You just read my mind. As we, as we talked about on this show for the last few weeks, looking as we now into the middle of September, what what did we say time and time again? When you're a good team and you have a bad team on your schedule coming up, you figure, oh, we just throw throw out a, a bats and gloves to show up expecting a victory. That doesn't always happen. The Philadelphia Phillies, along with a couple other teams, are finding that out right now. You still have to show up to play. Nothing is guaranteed. These losing teams, especially at this time of year, they have nothing to play for. In terms of the playoffs, but they're playing for their jobs, whether it's with their own teams or with another team uh, next season via trade or free agency. But these lower league teams are, are saying to themselves, oh, if we can affect playoff seating or not this team out of the playoffs in its entirety, that's what we're playing for. So we're playing with a loose attitude. We have nothing to lose. Yeah, the Rockets will hope to play a spoiler again. They have Atlanta starting tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, mean, I think the Rockies are playing that way. I think we saw it with the Cubs a couple of weeks back. So I think, look, you can't really take these teams lightly. So I, I think that the Phillies learned that the hard way. Now, Atlanta has a, a tough schedule. They got, like I said, they have Colorado. They have three against the Giants this weekend. Then they have four at Arizona and at San Diego. And they have you know, the, the series, their series against the, they finish up with the Phillies and the Mets. So they could, you know, these, you know, these teams, you know, these, these three teams, you know, the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets are probably going to end up going to be have to beat each other up to end up winning the AL, the NL uh, East. And they'll be just see who is coming out on top. Jeez. Yeah, look what, speaking of Arizona, look what they did to Seattle in Seattle yes. over the weekend. Very disappointed. Very, I was very, like, disappointed in Seattle. I think this is sort of their way to kind of, like, try to make things interesting. Mm-hmm. Perhaps maybe, maybe not necessarily the West, but they're still, they're still within distance in the, in the AL wild card. It's very, mm-hmm. really crowded there. But that was just not a good showing. And, you know, like, like you said with your example, Sid, I mean, you know, they just didn't look good this weekend. And and look, I mean, you're gonna like I said, you're gonna these teams have nothing to lose. So, you know, the diamond bats are cool to them for taking two out of three. And what about Texas um putting the dent into Oakland yesterday and winning four to three? Yeah, I mean Oakland, you know, hoping to kind of like gain some ground because you know Houston had a pretty, pretty tough had a pretty tough series this weekend, but they mm-hmm. didn't look good either. So it was just like, oh, okay. I mean, it seems like nobody wants to win that division. And, you know, I think Houston <laughs> might, Houston probably end up winning that division because they, they're six and a half up on both the, the Mariners and the A's. So mm-hmm. 
they may still end up, they might end up pulling that out. But like I said, the wild card in the, in the AL. I mean, Toronto is now up. They've been in a hot streak. You know, Boston. You know, lost against the Sox, but you know they're still right there. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are now out of the wild card spot right now. But then the, you know the Mariners and the A's are still right there. So you got five teams that are still fighting for those two spots in the wild card. So it's all it's gonna really gonna come down to like you know who can you know sort of like you know show up for some of the games because some of them really have. Not so tough games, but we saw that some of them actually couldn't deliver. <laughs> You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Browns. We break down the best and worst that was from Major League Baseball from this past weekend. Lakina, let's get into some of the important games on the schedule starting today. Uh, we have a game going on in progress right now, bottom one uh, in New York City. This is a makeup game from August 22nd. It's the Twins with the early four, four to nothing lead over the Yankees. Of course, uh, I think you mentioned this earlier. Looking at some of the important games that the, some of the series starting tonight uh, is the Miami Marlins. Oh, sorry, not the Miami Marlins. Excuse me. It's the Toronto Blue Jays hosting the Tampa Bay Rays at six oh seven. Then you have the Cardinals at the New York Mets. That's at six ten. You have the uh, Astros at the Rangers at seven oh five. As we said, mm-hmm. don't take these uh, below 500 teams slightly. And then, of course, you got the Padres and Giants at 845 Chicago time. The Diamondbacks at the Dodgers at 910. And, of course, the Red Sox, will tra- they traveled here from Chicago to Seattle as they take on the Mariners also tonight at 9 p.m. Yeah, this is good. A couple of those series are going to be very interesting. And like you said, a couple of these are kind of makeups. Um Let's see. I think the Cubs will Cubs. I think the Cubs, I believe they play the Phillies. They gotta go in. They gotta go. It after starts the, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they travel to Philadelphia for tomorrow. So if you're the Phillies, you better hope that you can kind of show up for that series because you go, know, the Cubs are gonna give you a fight. St. Louis will be playing the Mets. I met as I mentioned earlier, the you know, the Rockies play the Braves. So those three mm-hmm. series alone for in it, if you're a fan of in those NL East teams I mentioned, you better hope that they show up for these series because. <laughs> The teams are going to be facing, you know, they're going to be fu- give you guys a fight. So we'll see. Oakland has a tough one against Kansas City starting tomorrow. So that's going to be an interesting one. Also, Boston yeah. and Seattle, they start on tomorrow. That's that's big for the wild card positioning. And also, too, back in the NL wild card, uh, in a wild card showdown, the, the chase is on. The Cincinnati Reds will play the Pittsburgh Pirates for three starting tomorrow, tomorrow in Pittsburgh. So Cincinnati has to go on the road to Pittsburgh. As we said before, Pittsburgh has been a terrible team all year. They're one of the worst teams in the league next to Arizona and Baltimore. But Cincinnati has their struggles, uh, especially on the road recently. We, we saw what they what the Cubs did to them about a, over a week ago. So so I I expect Cincinnati to bounce back, and we'll see what happens, what they made up against a lowly, lowly team in Pittsburgh. That's just, like I said, make these these series. You, look, we got about three weeks left in the season, so mm-hmm. all these series coming up. I think they're if you're in the you know the, the cusp of the playoff chase, these are huge. And like I think some of these teams are realizing that yeah, you may want to show up for some of these series, yeah. even when against some of the really bad teams because look, these teams have nothing to lose. Like you said, Sid. I mean, these players are probably going to be auditioning for you know other teams or for maybe new you know their new managers or GMs or whatever. So yeah. They, they have motivation to play. You don't think they do. They, they don't, but they do. Yes, they do. Lakina, let's go back to the White Sox since we have a couple of minutes left before the break. Uh, we talked about the bullpen. I think it's safe to say that Tony LaRusso, the manager, will not let Craig Kimball close anymore. That's Liam Hendricks' job, and that's, it should stay that way until further notice, uh, barring any major injuries. 
But Aaron Bummer's been doing okay. Michael Kopech, mm-hmm. like as I mentioned on uh, on Saturday, I was there at the game. Kopech actually did well, even though the White Sox at the time was trailing seven to two. He pitched a couple of good innings out of that bullpen, so it's nice to see him back. Aaron Bummer, the same thing. He was he was in the game on Saturday, pitched well. But Craig Kimbrell, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the only bad link to the team. I'm going to want to blame him for everything, but. It's just that right now, hopefully he's going through a bad stretch and hopefully he can get it together. Like you say, you have less than three weeks left in the regular season. The White Sox needs to start winning series, winning games to have that momentum and that confidence going into the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that's what you want to. You want to have, you don't want to be limping in or dragging yourself in the playoffs. You want to be on a high as you're going to the playoffs. So hopefully the Wolves can get, to get, can get it together, but... You know, like I said, I mean, it's all, it's, you know, the playoffs are always tricky because it's always, it's usually the bullpen is sort of like, I know people want to say the starting pitching and the hitting, but it's really who the bullpen, whoever is, shows up in the bullpen, that's who's usually going to take you to the promised land in the playoffs. So hopefully the White Sox can clean some of that stuff up. And, you know, you got Liam Hendricks, who's actually done a formidable job. Yeah, he's had some, he does some hiccups, you know, here and there, but he's actually uh-huh. your most consistent, you know, reliever. And look, maybe, maybe, maybe Kimball's probably better off coming and be kind of like the setup guy. So it's fine. Yeah, also, like you mentioned, Ryan Tapera, he's been doing a heck of a job as well coming out of that bullpen for the White Sox as well. So, hopefully the White Sox continue, can continue this momentum. They had a great win yesterday, as we mentioned, against the Red Sox in a walk-off fashion. Uh, the Angels are coming to town. I want to see how they pitch to Shohei Otani. Will they go after him? Will they treat him like Barry Bonds and walk him <laughs> almost every time? Uh, I, I, I want to see what their, what their approach is because you mentioned – we have Giolito will make a start tomorrow night. Dallas Keuchel on Wednesday, and Ronaldo Lopez on Thursday. As he'll face Shohei Otani as the pitching opponent. Yeah, that's going to be interesting too. I think what's the over under on if the other Sox will 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 have will, will walk Otani maybe. Oh, that is a good one. That is a that good should be one. a part. That should be a parlay. People should yeah. be playing right now. I'm yeah. not a gambler. I'm not much of a gambler, but <laughs> that might be something that they. But they get no other rules. He's probably going to want to go for it. So <laughs> maybe maybe. How many times to... Otani will walk in this series, whether it's intentional or unintentional? How many times? Oh, once. I think at least once. Probably once. Maybe like every, like one of the two games. Maybe maybe two of the games. I don't think they're gonna do it like all three games. They're gonna be playing mm-hmm. facing each other. But I, I think I think he'll probably want to do it. I think he might want to try a go for it. And maybe like dare like you know, Julio, especially I'll, Julio tomorrow. But yeah, you know. I'll, I'll say about five and a half. Five and a half. Okay. All right. Five and I'll a half. Say- I'll take the under on that one now. It's okay. to clean, Me too. To clean, Me too. Yeah, to clean up uh, Corbin Burns and Josh Hader. Those are that's the that's the pitcher you were trying to figure Cor- out who. Yeah. Corbin Burns. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, first career no hitter for him. And like like I said, the eleventh, the eleventh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to officially say ninth, but no, it's eleven, folks. Just, yes. just that's yes. our that's Facts. our that's our official number. But okay, so we get to we got to the top of the hour now. We're going to talk some college football, including a couple of big upsets. You know, that happened also to some other stuff too. No, do so. You know, along with Cindy Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. This is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you on the other side of this break. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that 
that's going to be, we're going to say that three years from now, but at the same point in time for him, um, there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this, which is good too. Like that's what we want. We want that to happen. Download the free Score app, Lightning Fast Update, so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Uh, you can listen to us every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. If you miss our show on any of our other six live shows on Sports Zone Chicago, make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. And you can watch uh, replays also on our YouTube page. Just search for Sports Zone Chicago. Or type in Second City Sports in that search engine box on YouTube. You can watch our the replays of our shows as well. Lakina, last uh, segment of the show, last half hour. So let's get to it. College football for week two took place this past weekend. I didn't get a chance to watch much of it because I was getting ready for the Sox game. But a shocker, at least in my eyes and many people's eyes as well, the University of Oregon, the Mighty Ducks, went into the Buckeyes territory in that horseshoe and said mm-hmm. – you better not take us lightly, and they defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes thirty-five to twenty-eight. Um, that that West Coast to East Coast um, time zone we talked about on Friday, Lakina. We talk about it more in the pros, but Oregon looks like they, it didn't. That time zone difference didn't let it affect them. They jumped down on Ohio State early. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was surprised by that. I mean, a lot of people, you know, you hear all the pundits. I know um, Fox had their big new kickoff, you know, their pregame mm-hmm. show. Um, right there and, and they were all saying that even the west coast guys even matt liner and reggie bush who are both heisman winners yes we're still counting that as a heisman winner um reggie bush, <laughs> i don't care what i don't care this but uh <laughs> sorry side note there but but yeah i mean a lot of people thought that that was going to be the issue you know this is like their time clock is like nine o'clock but from the word go they looked really good they were the better team mm-hmm. and remember they didn't have like kelvin thibodeau who's one of their top defensive guys and a couple other guys too so the fact that they were able to sort of hit ohio state in the mouth and kind of you know kept hitting and they did ohio state didn't have an answer i mean they would have an answer but then you know the the ducks had were able to answer uh right back i mean anthony brown had a real was really good you know 236 yards two touchdowns cj verdell who if you guys haven't heard i think he's probably gonna be one of the guys for the heisen trophy 161 yards rushing and two touchdowns 
Um, believe it also to the defense. Defense actually made some pretty solid plays. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you got you got to give them credit. I mean, you know, some guys, you know, the guys made some good stops. I mean, and look, I would say this to the point where look, I saw that Ohio State against Minnesota. They're opening a couple weeks back. Uh -huh. I wasn't that I wasn't that impressed. I mean, so I know some people <laughs> were shocked. I I was, and I mean, you know, I didn't think that they would. The Ducks were, and this was actually a nice nice fifty three fifty third uh, birthday present for Mario Cristobal. So happy birthday and a very nice present for you, Coach Cristobal. <laughs> Yes. We almost had another shocker in college football this past Saturday. It's number eight ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They got by Toledo 32 uh, to 29. The Rockets almost oh, pulled out an upset in South Bend. Overrated. I've been saying that for a while <laughs> about Notre Dame. Like, you know, this is this is just like I'm I'm not I'm, I'm kind of surprised here. Cleo is actually a pretty decent team mm -hmm. from the Mac, so I'm not I wasn't like too shocked, but I, I mean I'm just I'm just tired of it. I mean, they, they did not look. Notre Dame, you know, they had, of course, we saw them had that that bad showing against, not 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 a very a great showing against Florida State. We'll get to them in a second because they got upset too. But mm -hmm. it, it was just like I, I'm not impressed by Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame is probably they're they're, they're gonna. I think they're gonna lose because they're not that impressive. I don't. I know our buddy Sean Dave is a big Notre Dame fan, but I, <laughs> I wasn't impressed. I'm sorry. And look, Purdue, you're, you're gonna be facing. They're gonna be a pretty good Purdue team. You know, on Saturday, so I'm I'm not gonna say it's gonna they're gonna be up, gonna be upset, but that's a pretty that's a pretty good Purdue team. But I'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah, so like that's oof, yeah, no, I wasn't impressed. Uh, the battle of the state of Iowa took place over the weekend. It was the number ten ranked Iowa Hawkeyes beginning by number nine Ohio State. Uh, uh, Iowa State, I should say, I said Ohio State. Good grief, Iowa mm -hmm. State twenty seven seventeen. So Iowa is back on top. Three interceptions for Brock Purdy. I mean, just was not a factor. That defense for Iowa, you know, Brees Hall had an uncharacteristic fumble. So just a lot of very uncharacteristic mistakes for the Cyclones. But look, I mean, I think that I think the Iowa team is legit. I mean, look, they had three interceptions and they they force fed you know that Cyclones offense. And you know, sorry Cyclones, I don't think you're ready for the big time yet. I know there were some people that say that they were, but. <laughs> You 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 weren't so, but yeah, it was really it was really Iowa's defense that just that they they just pummeled that offense for the Cyclones. Yeah, let's go locally to college football. The Northwestern Wildcats uh, they get back on track with a twenty-four to six win over Indiana State. While the fight in the line night, they lose a heartbreaker to the Virginia Cavaliers on the road, forty-two to fourteen. Yeah, no, yeah, they kind of. I think they kind of fell back to earth after that win against Nebraska a few weeks back. I mean, they lost to UT San Antonio, the Roadrunners, beep beep. You know, the, you know, a Virginia, <laughs> a Virginia team that's still that's rebuilding. So, but you know, I think Illinois is pretty much we we know who they are now, and I think you know they are mm -hmm. who you thought they were. And what about Florida State? You wanted to mention? Oh, earlier? Jacksonville! Oh, good old Jacksonville State! Yes, uh, the Gamecocks. You know, pulled off the big upset in their home, hey, in their home turf, in, the, in, in Tallahassee. You know, you know, Bobby Bounds probably turning over in his grave right now. Jackson State, of course, they're not, not they're from Jacksonville, Alabama. Um, they're no, mm -hmm. they're they play in the Ohio Valley Conference, so this is a big win for them and that conference. They, I think, I think they got paid like about a, over a million dollars, but only to lose, only to win. So. You know, well, you thought that maybe McKenzie Milton, you know, that was great to see a couple of weeks ago against Notre Dame, but you know, it just looked that will against you know, that 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 will to win for the Gamecocks, you know, good for them. Yes, shouts out to them. Uh, Saturday night in prime time, we saw Michigan defeat Washington 
31 to 10. Washington, the Huskies are now 0-2, while the Wolverines are 2-0. As I told you, Lakina, strong defense and running the football will be the keys to the to the win for Michigan. They did just that in front of a national audience at the big house uh, last Saturday. Yeah, all of Har- <clears throat> all of Jim Harbaugh's new uh, coordinators and assistants, they're all under 40. So maybe going younger, maybe that was you know, maybe that was sort of the thing. I mean, you know, Blake Corum and also Hassan Haskins, they combined for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. So combined, I should say. So that that was a really good showing. Also to the defense. I mean, they just they just mm-hmm. slowed down the Washington. And I don't know what's going on in Seattle, but Jimmy Lake, who's the coach there, there are some folks there that feel like maybe he should probably be on the hot seats. I, look, I don't think that's the case. I just don't think they have to – look, I think that's a young personnel. So – yeah, our, our, our buddy Lamont, you know, he's watching he, on YouTube. He said he just said that Illinois is going to bounce back this week. Uh, okay, Lamont. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lamont. What's up, uh, Lamont? Hi, Lamont. But yeah, okay, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Look, look, I'm not going to say that Michigan's going to win the Big Ten, the, the Big Ten East. The, I don't. But again, I think they're they're giving you kind of like totally laying the groundwork. But yeah, may, maybe maybe they're turning the corner. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, speaking of turning the corner, but going downwards, number 21, Utah, they were upset by BYU 26-17. Well, like I said, I mean, look, BYU, this is actually going to be the last time that they're going to play. They've been playing, I think, since like 1896, the two of them. But unfortunately, this is actually going to be their last meeting. They're not going to be playing it for another three years because there was an agreement also to conference transition because Utah's not – BYU, I should say, is going to be joining the Big 12 in a couple of years. So, And some other stuff, too, that was happening. So that's – that's kind of why, but I think people know that Utah will probably be kind of like that team that kind of like could make make a case in the, the Pac-12 South. I was like, that's going to happen right now. They they kind of struggled, and of course, I think BYU kind of played like a team that that you know your your state rival. You're not going to be playing it for a few years. I think they wanted to say, hey, you know what? Remember us. So yeah. You know, but that was a, they just had they just struggled, and I think it was BYU's got some look. BYU's got a really rich program, so. You know, we have Steve Young, Jim McMahon, among others. So, you know, Jared Hall had three, excuse me, three touchdown passes for them. And, you know, they, the, the running game kind of kept, be, you know, Utah, I should say, off the field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that kind of was a big difference there in time of possession. But, but I think, you know, Utah, Utah trying to make a comeback, but BYU said, uh uh-uh. uh. So you're not, you're not going to get us. Yeah. A couple of key scores from Saturday. Number 14, the USC Trojans, they were upset at home by the Stanford Cardinal, 42-28. Yeah, we got to get our buddy Sean Salisbury on. Um, he's not very – He's remember, he's a USC <laughs> alum, big quarterback yep. for them in the back in the early 80s. Yep. He's not very happy. <laughs> I mean, we got to get him back on. But, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, they their kicker got put their, – their kicker got kicked out because of the targeting. That's a whole nother – that's a whole nother thing. Oops. You know, that targeting rule, but that that's that, – that, that, that should have that been the kind of like this – that's kind of like they set the tone, I guess, for SC. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Clayton, you know, Clayton so- Sovis struggled. Their running game wasn't very good. The defense didn't look very good either for the most part. And, you know, you got to give Stanford some credit. Give Stanford some credit. I mean, they kind of, you know, they kind of, they showed you. You know, Tanner McKee had two touchdown passes over 234 yards. So, you know, I, I, I really don't know what to think about USC. I mean, I think I know a lot of people there are not very happy that Clayton Heldon's still at the still coaching there. So, Urban, but, if Urban Meyer didn't want to coach that school a couple of years ago, you got issues. But that's a whole nother story in itself. <laughs> Like I said, we gotta we gotta get uh, Sean on that day back on because I'm sure he'll he'll tell you he'll tell you what's up. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, you know, Arizona State, a nice showing for them, you know, beating U- UNLV. Shout you know, out Herm Edwards, number 23 in the country. They're 2-0. <laughs> Yeah, uh, J.D. Daniels had uh, 175 yards and two touchdown passes. Actually rushed for 125 yards, too. So, you know, Jaden Daniels. So that was a, a good showing for them. And, uh, yeah, I think that's – I mean, Michigan State, you know, they look really good, too, in their last game. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think college football this time of year, I think you're kind of seeing, like, who's really who's really contender or pretender. I mean, Clemson had a, Clemson had a bounce back win. Okay, yes, it was against South Carolina State. Okay. But Cincinnati looked really good, too. Desmond Ritter, who I've been lobbying for, should be right there for a Heisman. Heisman consideration, you know, they beat Murray State. Um, Penn State, you know, had a nice win. You know, oh, Texas and uh, Arkansas. I mean – I guess yeah, Texas, I was just getting ready to go to that game. Yeah, all Texas Arkansas isn't back. shocks Texas forty to twenty one. <laughs> I guess Texas isn't back. I mean, I don't. I, don't really tell <laughs> I, I really don't know. I mean, it was a, look. It was a rushing. You know, they had they they combined three hundred thirty three yards. Their running their running backs did for Arkansas. That's what <laughs> that's what made the difference. And you know, I, I guess Texas isn't back yet. Yeah, another team that's that, that's I'm not going to say back, but. They're they're ranked number eleven, and they had a big, uh, a bit. I don't want to say a big win, but big win for them. But uh, was too much of a sweat. Uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions got by Ball State forty four to thirteen. So that they didn't let that win over Wisconsin get them down. No, no, they didn't. And I think, and I, and I think if you're if you're James Franklin, you're, you're glad for that. I mean, they could have easily, you know, sort of like you know, dragged along and just became last. But no, they 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 came in and they jumped on on ball stay quick and you gotta look you gotta give them credit for it um another really good game that i want to mention is the johnny majors classic he coached these two teams pittsburgh of course he won a national championship with Dory, tony dorsett dorsett as he was called as he was called back then i don't know how that happened but okay uh, <laughs> 44 34 uh kenny pickett actually is on the verge of breaking all of dan marino's uh passing records there <laughs> finally it took like almost 40 years but it seems to be happening but uh yeah he uh, through for a couple of touchdowns and also rushed for a touchdown. So that was a really, that was like a nice, exciting game. You know, if you guys can get a chance to catch that in the Johnny, the first annual Johnny Majors Classic, you know, did both well with both these uh, schools. But what else took your, uh, got your attention there in college football, Sid? Uh, like I said, just that Ohio State loss at the horseshoe. I didn't expect that to happen. I, we did said Oregon could show up and, and make things interesting, but to go in there and win like that the way they did, no one saw that coming. And, of course, uh, locally, sorry, Lamont, and sorry, uh, Herb Lawrence, uh, uh, my buddy. I know you met him, too, from <laughs> 670 to score. Yes. I know he's a big Illini fan, both basketball and football. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I know I'm wearing an orange shirt. It has nothing to do with the Illini, but yeah, how can you explain? When was the last time Virginia has been a powerhouse in football? I'm just asking. <laughs> I mean, they've been, I mean, they've, been, they've been the bowl games. I mean, it's not like that. Okay, yeah, they haven't been like a national power, but they've been a consistent a consistent team. And, and like, like I said before, I mean, I don't think – look, you got to give you know, Brett Bielema a couple of years, I think. Because I just think that the personnel bring his own guys in, his own other you know personnel, and play his style. So it's gonna, it's going to take a while, but you know, I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, I think you know, look, Nebraska. I, I mean, they've had a nice couple of wins. You know, they got they got to face Oklahoma this weekend. You know, they're renewing finally mm-hmm. renewing that rivalry after like, like, over over ten years that they've played. But uh, you know, it, it's that's I, I don't know what I don't know what else you can say about Illinois at this point. 
Yeah, Brett Bielma is going to have a tough go, at least for his first year down there in Champaign. So he, yes, he's trying to implement his system onto uh, new players. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. We have about 10 to 13 minutes left in the show. Lakina, let's go back to the NFL. Uh, I want to see how the ratings were from yesterday, especially with the national games with Buffalo and Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Kansas City, I'm sure those two, especially the Cleveland-Kansas City game, I'm sure rated high for CBS. And that was the game uh, of the day, according to most people, including yours, Shirley. But the Cowboys-Buccaneers game on Thursday was the most-watched NFL kickoff game since 2015 for NBC. And it went up 20% from last year's kickoff game. It was the, remember, it was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston, Texas. And, you know, they had that ceremony uh, – uh, before the game, you know, about racial justice mm -hmm. and things along that line. Lakina, as we said before, the NFL is number one in this country. It's not just because of the parity. It's because of the gambling aspect now. It's not just fancy football, but it's the gambling asp aspect of the FanDuel, DraftKings. And now uh, there's only it's still a few states that are legally gambling, uh, including here mm -hmm. in Illinois to a certain extent. But more is, you're going to see more states uh, doing this soon as far as legal sports gambling across the board. This is just going to get bigger and bigger. And the NFL, along with these other three professional leagues, with the NHL, MLB, and the NBA, uh, it's going to get more popular. You're going to the, the way to keep fans interested and get new fans, the way to do it is, is get legalized gambling. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing. And also, too, I think I'm not I wasn't surprised the fact that they were able to kind of get these big numbers. Like I said, it's, it's you know, fantasy and gambling. I think those are probably the reasons mm -hmm. why the NFL, the NFL is king. So yeah. and I think that's oh, look, I wasn't surprised that it got the big raise that it did on Thursday. I mean, plus it actually ended up being a really good game. And plus, you yes. know, Dallas, all, Dallas always rates well. I think, you know, Tampa Bay mm -hmm. has been kind of like that, especially when they're good. They're actually are one of the top you know, draws in, in the NFL. So I'm not really that surprised by it. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, look, I don't think they haven't said the Rays were for these, for, you know, this, you know yesterday's games, you know, both the, the day games and the afternoon, mm -hmm. the late afternoon, and also to the, the prior time game. I'm sure they were really rated high. So, but, yeah, I mean, you can, you know, streaming, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's only going to get bigger, though, for the NFL. And that's possible. Now, I don't think NBC, I'm sure they're going to have high ratings from last night's Bears game. It was competitive for a while, but let's be honest here, looking, especially for us here in Chicago. They had, you could tell by every other camera uh, break from the regular action, they were focusing up on Justin Fields. And you know, as well as I do, that NBC wanted him to be in the game more than five Ooh. snaps five snaps and wanted Andy Dalton to mess up or heaven forbid get hurt or which he didn't last night. And so I want to see what the numbers are for the Sunday night game across everything. You know, their games are available on Peacock as well as, uh, as well as regular television and other streaming services. So I want to see what the numbers are. I don't think it's going to be matched with, with the results from Thursday, but I'm sure it will be pretty high. Yeah, I, I think they will be high, pretty high too. I think that it probably won't reach that level that the Bucks and the Cowboys Mm -hmm. Reach, but I think it's, it's probably you're probably gonna still gonna get about maybe 20, 25 million somewhere in that range viewership. And and look, I think like I said, you know, it was an okay game. You know, like I said, it wasn't a a, a close game. <laughs> let's be honest here. But you know, it'll be interesting though. I mean, I'm I'm like looking forward to seeing you know what the ratings are for these next games, especially on Sunday night's game. We got the got the Chiefs and the Ravens. They're gonna be playing each other, so the Ravens get a little bit of a break. They don't have to play on Sunday afternoon. They they don't play till Sunday night, so that should help them a little bit. 
wrestling mm-hmm. up coming out for a short week. But yeah, I'm looking forward to you know seeing what the ratings are because I'm 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 trying to check and see you know through my phone and I just haven't seen any. So you know, like I said, it should be a fun. Um, should be yeah. I think the ratings I think the ratings gonna be really high though. I believe I don't know about you, Sid, but I really think that they're gonna be very high for for this for uh for the for all the matches. I think because mm-hmm. I think especially with streaming now, I think people I think the NFL realizes mm-hmm. that. Yeah, even though something that was not going to be mentioning gambling, I think they know that's going to be a big aspect of it. I don't know exactly. why some of the, I don't know why some of the networks have still have not done that and have CBS. Been, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but yeah, I don't know why they haven't embraced it. It's not, it's not like it's it's like it's taboo. I mean, like it is legal exactly. in, in a lot of states, so I don't know what you're doing with CBS, but you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's only going to get bigger and better, especially once the new this new TV this new TV deal you know starts up next year. I think they I think they will probably have to change their tune CBS when it comes to gambling, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina with you for a few more minutes. Lakina, before we get to our our uh, last story of, of the show for today. Uh speaking of yesterday's action, both this is the first time in history both CBS and Fox have had double headers for week mm-hmm. one. Usually one network gets a double header for week one, then they alternate weeks of throughout the year until the last week of the season for the last almost decade now where week 17 both networks have double headers for our playoff implications what did you think about that decision yesterday for both networks to have double headers i like it, especially with this year being a 17 game season do you think yeah. that the nfl will do it again i hope so i think that Me especially too. since they did it with, with the, the blackout rule which i think that was that was like oh my god i especially hated that up until bears, a decade ago i yeah, hated yeah, the that bears, yeah. yeah especially if you're a bears fan you only get two games like, okay what if the bears game sticks like maybe we need we need another game time to distract so mm-hmm. hope, thankfully thankfully they, thankfully a few years ago they did away with that hopefully yes. they do this again because i think that they know that the more eyeballs that's more money Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why they did that. Hopefully they do it again next year, especially once the TV contract, the new TV deal kicks in. So I, I liked it. I think I liked the fact that we had both noon games, especially if one game sucks, you know, especially if you don't have the, mm-hmm. a chance to stream or if you don't have red zone and things like that. I think that that all that's always a good thing. I think people want to have options like we've been talking about for yes. weeks. This game. So <laughs> I think this might be something that they start doing, you know, not just for the, the later, the later part of the season, but also the first few weeks mm-hmm. of the season because they people want to see more NFL, more football, more, more better as Mark Silverman would say for me, yep. it's 1000 happy, happy belated 50th, by the way, Mark. Um, yes. yeah, but, uh, yeah, as we, after everything that happened with them last year, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope they, I hope they keep doing it. I think this, hopefully this will be a trend and, uh, yeah, I think like, like we, like, like I just said, more football, more better. <laughs> yeah. I'll give a quick story. Lakina. Uh, remember back in the, you mentioned those Bears scenes, especially in the, in the mid to late 90s. And I know Dave Wanstead, he's doing a great work for NBC, NBC mm-hmm. Sports Chicago here locally and nationally for Fox. He's part of that Fox kickoff uh, pre-pregame on Sundays with Carissa Thompson and Charles Wilson, who did a great job yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, remember those Bears scenes, the mid to late 90s, they were terrible. And like you said, the blackout rule was in effect back then. And plus the Bears weren't selling out all those games back there. Remember Lakina? Mm-hmm. And I remember this specific week. Remember when the Bears had a home game on Fox <laughs> and, oh, and me being a, a Dallas Cowboys fan back then, it would be the Cowboys and the 49ers coming up mm-hmm. next. Everybody else will get that game except for in Chicago when it was a home game. I, I was so pissed, man. I know. I, I, I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about this for the last few weeks. I said, "Let me. I'm gonna find the perfect time to tell this story." Imagine, Lakina, all the stuff that you kids we all have now. 
for the kids growing up thinking that the world was like lucky. this. It, it wasn't like this back in the day. Yeah, you guys was, are lucky. If we had <clears throat> social media back uh, back in the day, and we if we, we had streaming and all this stuff, and if we had if we just had red zone back in the day, Lakina, trust and believe yours truly would have been like bleep you, NFL, bleep you, Fox 32. Oh, you won't get to see this game because it was a home game. You didn't sell out. Bleep that. I'm going to Red Zone, the original protest channel. If they had that Red Zone channel back in the day, you'll surely have been stuck in front of that television. Because we also remember, too, this is when NBC had the NFL package the first time when they had yep. the Sunday afternoon games. Yep. Remember, yep. We, would, we would traditionally get a bad West Coast team Ugh, like yes. Denver versus San Diego. Uh, Kansas City was good back in those days. But yeah, Kansas City versus Denver. Denver was good up and down with Elway. You occasionally would get an East Coast team playing each other, but it was usually mm -hmm. an East Coast team versus a West Coast team. Seattle versus San Diego. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we could yeah. Most of those teams was terrible. And and for NBC, if it feels like San Francisco versus Buffalo, you will occasionally get that, but you usually get a, a bad AFC West game at 3 o'clock every Sunday back in the day. You don't get those as much anymore, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember. Yeah, I remember back. Yeah, back in the day, because oh well, you know, the, you couldn't tell. Like oh, like oh, we get to watch, watch San Fran and Dallas. Yes, they were like ah, damn it, there was a sellout. God, yeah, started like oh, good. Hey, good. remember too? Remember too? You had to wait until six o'clock. Uh, CBS did this yes. too when they got the NFL back. They don't have to yeah. do it anymore. But yeah, at least I know. For me, uh, for me, you had to wait till when, the, like you said, San Francisco Dallas wasn't shown in your area. You had to wait till six o'clock, six o'clock to see if that game went over. If it yes. did, you get to watch the rest of that game. I was one of those people. <laughs> I was one yeah. of those people. One of the boys, I was yeah, one of those people. I was like, yes, the game is now over. At least I get to watch the last few minutes of it. Yes. Oh God, yeah, they would do a voiceover. Ooh. Whoever, um, James Brown or Jim Nance, yep. who was ever doing the voiceover, you know, doing the pregame show at that time. You know, they would say, okay, for those of you who you know missed it, here's the conclusion of the 49ers Cowboys game. You're like, oh, yes. okay, cool. We finally get a chance to watch that. Um, yes. Or Washington, Dallas, or whatever, whoever. Giants, yeah. Dallas, mm -hmm. or whoever. Like, I, yeah. I get so yeah. missed. Like, thankfully, you know what, younger people, all you people under 30 are so lucky. You guys should be lucky that you're living in a time now because we had to do a lot to watch yes. you know, NFL <laughs> games so way back when. Yeah, it you would get three games over the air per week. Uh, it was uh the wherever the doubleheader game was if you were lucky, and then the one game on the other network. Then of course you had Sunday Night Football with TNT and ESPN splitting mm -hmm. the coverage until 1998 when ESPN took over Sunday Night full time. And then it was the Sunday night, then Monday night. Yes, Sundays was a drag. I was excited, but it was a drag, and uh, you don't we don't have to experience that anymore. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank God, crazy! Thank God that they did away with all those rules with the blackout yes. rules and all yes. those other things. So, like, oh heavens to Betsy! So, a quick we all want to do a quick shout out right quick before we do our, our next our last story. You know, you know, dedicating life of a Chicago news icon. Um, shout out to Emma, Emma Rakan Ranakan Ranakan. You, I mean, I've been trying to say her name for like the last like ten like two days, but you know, eighty years old wins the two two hundred twenty one U.S. Open. She's the first you know qualifier male or female to win a major title. Since 1968, she's also the youngest to 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 win a uh, at Grand Slam title since Maria Sharapova did it at 17. She won Wimbledon in 04. Also, to Leah Fernandez, shout out to her. She's 19. I think that I think the future of women's tennis could be just fine. Now people were wondering, like, okay, what about the Williams sisters and you know Naomi Osaka and some of her you know the personal mental issues that she's going through. I mean, where's the future? You know, 
future's gonna be just fine. Also, Cole Golf who made it all the way to the women's doubles finals. They lost, but you know, hopefully this will give her get her motivated to do to do, you know, you know, to have that to really you know buckle down this on the single side. Also to Daniil Medvedev, who finally beat jo Novak Djokovic in the Grand Slam final. The third time was a charm from him. If you guys remember a couple years back when Djokovic just blew the doors off of him, he actually apologized, mm -hmm. if you guys remember. But yeah, he came back and you know won. Um, and Dominic uh, Djokovic, who I, I think his, I think he just ran out of gas, both mentally and physically. I think the pressure, you know, John McEnroe said in the pot in the, the telecast. I think the pressure kind of got to him. So and it was also to his uh, Medvedev's wedding anniversary. So <laughs> he told his wife that <laughs> you get another, you get, you get another present too. But this was a nice, uh, nice pre present. So yeah, congrats to both those two first time uh, Grand Slam champions, and also too for the you know Leo Fernandez, also to Djokovic. I know he's gonna, be, he feels really bad that he didn't get a chance. To, he probably won't get another shot to. Be the just the second guy to to win um uh the the cool the calendar slam, but he got me feeling pretty good the fact that he's able to play at such a high level at his age at his thirty five, but he should definitely you know get his get his uh, flowers nonetheless. Yep, La you, you you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina with you for, for the next couple of minutes. Uh, our last story, Lakina, will make this quick. Uh, you mentioned a Chicago TV uh, news anchor legend passed away over the weekend. Her name was Miss Allison Payne, originally born and raised in Detroit, but she was a news anchor for WGN-TV in Chicago from the years 1990 to 2010. She passed away at the age of 57 due to health issues. I don't think the words sell out on what officially was the cause of her death, but I saw a, a, a series of tweets from Dean Richards, who's the entertainment reporter at WGN. Of course, after that, all the anchors around town and across the countryside paying tributes to yeah. uh, Miss Payne. She, uh, as I mentioned, she passed away over the weekend. She was at WGN for 20 years. She was the anchor of the 9 p.m. news with Rick Rosenthal first and then uh, Steve Sanders for, uh, uh, for the uh, remainder of her time there at WGN. Um, all I thought about Lakina real quick was I believe she was, the, she was one of two black female anchors in this town. Chicago that anchored the primetime newscast. The other one was Diane Burns. She was yep. working at Channel 7 WLS here in Chicago at the time. I know she made a comeback 15 years ago at Channel 2 WBBM, the CBS affiliate here in Chicago. But Allison Payne, along with Diane Burns, were the first two black female anchors to anchor uh, a new a primetime newscast in this town. And uh, I remember watching the nine o'clock news, especially remember when the Bulls were on WGN yeah. oh, back yeah. in the day, especially during the heyday of Michael Jordan. She, she, she was a a, a person a, a about everything. She covered the the big time events from Reverend yep. Jesse Jackson to to the political uh, debates and to big stories around the country, not just around the city, but around the country as well. She was a part of the, the those Bulls championship rally coverages as well yep. during during the mid to late '90s. So those of you that that, that missed it, uh, that need a refresher, just check it out right here on YouTube. She was an avid sports fan, and yes. also I remember too when Dub Banks, when he was here in Chicago, R.P. Dub Banks. But when Dub Banks had his local show here in Chicago on WGCI and when he did his national show, I know the first affiliate was the old 106 Jams here in Chicago. Yeah. Alison Payne was always, was always brought on as a guest. Uh, she connected with the black community, but not just with the black community. Everyone in Chicago uh, loved her and respected her as well. So she was a, a great anchor, a great journalist. Uh, she was about people. And she carried herself with grace and class. So that's what, what I'm going to miss about her. That's what I'm going to remember most about her. Yeah, you said the words right out of my mouth. And also to our buddy Armando said that you know she was his mother's favorite news anchor. I think she was probably she was probably a lot of you know, folks. Oh, yeah. 
oh, yeah. uh, news anchors. And I think you know she's she kind of epitomized, you know, like you said, class. And you know, she was able to do hard news and you know also do the quote unquote fluff, as they say. That yeah. That's what they call it now. And also too, like you said, I mean, the fact that you know she she you know she actually gave the voice to the voiceless, you know, to the people. And I think, like you said, she's an avid sports fan. I remember when when uh, Dan Warren, you know, we were all doing sport when she he was doing sports, and he would always you know, she would always say like, "What the hell happened to the Bears? Like they should have passed the ball more, ran the ball yeah. more, or something <laughs> like that." I paraphrase yes. what she said, but uh, yeah, I mean, she's definitely gonna be missed by a lot of you know, folks here in Chicago too. I believe she was in Detroit because that's where she's from. Yeah. So she she worked in Detroit for a few years and came back here, and then unfortunately her health you know became an issue, so that's why she ended up having to go back to Detroit. But uh. Yeah, she's definitely going to be someone that was missing. I saw uh, Cheryl Byrne, who's the, the anchor over at ABC Seven. You know, mm-hmm. she does both the six o'clock and ten o'clock news. Um, she said a quote: "You know, without Allison, she said she wouldn't probably wouldn't be in the position she would be right now if it wasn't for Allison Payne. She kind of opened. Mm-hmm. She and Diane Bruce kind of opened the door for you know for uh, for black you know especially for black female journalists, yes. especially in the top in top markets. So yes. she definitely she definitely should get her due. And you know, thoughts of hers go out to her and the rest of her family. Like, this is a big loss for." for the the news community especially in the among the black media yes so rest in power uh miss allison payne and peace and love to her and her family and during this challenging time so we want to um pay our tributes to allison Payne, who passed away this past weekend at the age of 57 she she's gone physically but she'll never be her forgotten her legacy will live on forever with all of us lakina closes out you can follow me at keenan mcgee on the twitter and at keenan's girl mcgee on the ig you can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to the audio version of this show on War or Anchor. You can type that in on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in WARR on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at WARR Media on all podcast platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can catch this show every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. That's noon to 2 to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Enjoy the, the Ravens Raiders game tonight. Also, the rest of the sports are going to be happening this week. And we'll bring it to you as well on Friday. So for Sid, mm-hmm. I'm Lakina. You guys stay safe. Wash your hands. If you're not going to get vaccinated, at least wear a mask and be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Joe Chicago. And we'll see you Friday. Till then, go Sox. Holla! <laughs>